Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, Gypsy Gang? My guest today is Blake Redfern, a former ArenaCross racer who sold his race bikes to fund his music career. This gamble that most wouldn't take turned out to pay off as he landed a gig riding for Florida Georgia Line and then on to start his own solo career. Red is currently finding mainstream success in the country music charts right now with his hit single Jack and Diet Coke, which you can stream right now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. Before we get into this episode, I need to bring you a quick word from the companies that make this podcast possible. If you want to hear an ad-free version of this podcast, as well as get early access to these episodes and unique original Gypsy Tales video content, then make sure you head to gypsytales.com. It's $11.99 a month and the money from the site goes directly into our content budget to bring you more of the shows you love. If you're a regular listener, you may know that I've been drinking AG1 for about a year now. Before I started adding AG1 into my daily routine, my digestive system felt nowhere near its best and I constantly felt sluggish. AG1 has helped me fix these issues along with give me many more health benefits such as extra immune support. My friends and family along with fellow Gypsy Gang members have all started drinking AG1 and they always tell me how much more energetic they feel and how much better their digestive system is doing. Adding AG1 into your morning routine is a quick and simple way to make sure that your body is getting all of the nutrients it needs. AG1 is a nutritional supplement that supplies your body with digestive enzymes, B vitamins, adaptogens, and vitamin C. It's tested for 950 contaminants and NSF certified for sport along with being supported by a team of doctors and scientists. You definitely need to try AG1 if you haven't yet. It is a simple and trustworthy product that will help improve your overall daily health. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash gypsytales. That's drinkag1.com slash gypsytales. All right, gents, are you tired of dealing with that relentless stubble situation? Do you dream of having that fresh, clean-shaven look but cringe at the thought of battling the daily grind of a wet shave? You're not alone, and that's why we've teamed up with Manscaped to bring you the ultimate solution. 
Brace yourselves because Manscaped is making a statement in the beard game with the all-new Handyman Electric Face Shaver. Your ticket to a face as smooth and sharp as James Bond, minus the chaos of a traditional shave. Join the 9 million gents worldwide who've entrusted their grooming to Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Hop over to manscaped.com and use code GYPSYGANG to snag a glorious 20% off and score free shipping. Your face is your first impression, the canvas to your personality, if you will. And Manscaped's handyman ensures it's a masterpiece. If you watch the video versions of this podcast, then you'll understand that uh, the mess of traditional shaving is, uh, is really not for me. With the Handyman Skin Safe technology, those pesky nicks and cuts are history, giving you the confidence to aim for that super close shave. Whether it's a wet or dry affair, Handyman is your trusted sidekick, ready for action wherever you go. Its compact design and aeroplane friendliness make it your ultimate on-the-go grooming tool. And for my fellas who flaunt a little extra scruff, behold the Manscaped Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The holy grail for taming your mane. Featuring their signature beard hedger, this thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. The cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charger, and a strong motor. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GYPSYGANG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code GYPSYGANG. Hit the refresh button with the handyman. We're also brought to you by the gang at Fist Handwear. I've just completed the 2023 World Vets and I can tell you what, I could not have done it without Fist. You guys know that I've been running Fist Handwear for about 11, 12 years now uh, and I refuse to wear anything else. If you want to be like me uh, and countless other members of the Gypsy Gang that only used Fist Handwear, head to Fist Handwear and use the code GYPSYGANG for 15% off. We're also brought to you by the team at Tropical Auto Group, and if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, then you cannot buy anything without picking up the phone and calling Kyle. Kyle's been keeping us moving for the past three years and countless members of the Gypsy Gang. Tropical Auto Group in Rockhampton also stock Ford, Mitzi, Kia, Isuzu, and Great Wall, so make sure you head to tropicalauto.com and ask for Kyle to get a $500 gift voucher at MX Store with the purchase of a new or used car. That's it from me. Enjoy this episode with Blake Red Ferrin and be sure to give his music a listen. The these headphones. Yeah, yeah. Check, check. Yeah, we in there. Yeah, I'm, I've been trying to get this company to do some mossy oak uh, headphones. Oh, really? Yeah, because they don't they don't really mess with people like that. Oh, really? The company's made in Japan or something, so they don't really care to like. Yeah, it's not really that. It's deal. such good tech that they don't have to. Everybody yeah. buys them without giving deals, yeah. so they don't give. <laughs> they're not going to give deals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't blame them though. Just get some. There'd be some dope artist out there that'd like tag them up for you. Yeah, I guess somebody could just paint some for sure. That's what, is that what you use? 
I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they would make it into the plastic, but that's what I was trying to do is get, yeah. them, to, yeah. get them to make us a little one-off. <laughs> well, we are joined today in the flesh by Blake Red Farron, Come one on. of uh, America's hottest country artists right now and a, and a full-blown moto head ex-racer you already and, uh, know <laughs> and we're like well that's uh country music and dirt bikes i feel like these things go together pretty good seems like it lately man i don't know i see a lot of these edits with country tunes on there instead of rap songs i'm yeah. like that's kind of gangster <laughs> dude i'm slowly coming around too i was always uh not like against country music but uh it was definitely wasn't my ear just wasn't attuned to it being from australia you know after so my first go around in america i was like i don't know there's like a couple things i could get into but fast forward 2023 and i'm kind of in man honestly i feel like growing up there was a lot of people that said i listened to everything but country yeah there was just a little low yeah. like 90s early 2000 stuff really hit me and then i don't know why i kind of drifted from it and rock and rap and everything really grabbed a hold of me a lot more but when I met the FGL guys and they they kind of was like, yo, there ain't a lot yeah. of opportunity for rock and rap in Nashville right now, but your country is hell. Yeah. Why don't you start writing this? There's some really good country stuff that you're missing. Yeah, right. So once I got to diving in and like seeing what people in the town were actually writing, like I kind of fell back in love with it. Oh, that's so sick. Pretty quick, really. Because yeah. there was a while where I was just, I wasn't anti-country at all, but I just... I don't know. It all sounded the same, and everybody yeah. was just trying to copy Al Dean and, and stuff. That's you know where what I mean? was. So I was when like, I was here. "There's yeah. already him, yeah. and he's yeah. great." Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of listened to him. I had my couple people that I picked and choose. Always loved Alan Jackson. Yeah, people like that, you know. But yeah. I was on the same tip for a long time. Country wasn't really the thing for me, even though I was country as hell. It didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's so interesting because I had the same vibe. Like when I was over here, there was like a couple Jason Aldean songs where I was like, man, I really like that. Facts. And then there was just so much other shit where it was just like the same lyrics, the same. But the same can be said for rap. Like rap's just as guilty. Every especially genre. like the whole SoundCloud generation. Like we we really went through a phase I of mean, people sounding the fucking exact same over every single song there's only so many chords there's only so many drum patterns yeah we're all living the same life yeah we're all wearing the same shit <laughs> excuse me so there's only so much to talk about i feel like you know we're not reinventing the wheel yeah it's kind of just putting new spokes in it and airing it back up like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> whatever fresh anodize on there whatever <laughs> it's just a little powder coat yeah it's all the same you know so it's hard to i feel like it took me writing a little while to realize that like you're not gonna say something that ain't been said you're just gonna, just say, gonna say it a little it different way. way yeah yeah so for a while i was like man no these guys are original nobody's original and then i'm like none of us really are because we're all inspired by something that already happened yeah yeah and yeah. we're just doing our best version of it so yeah well and i think the the cool <laughs> thing is like i i bet how old are you 30 be yeah. 31 couple months so we're pretty similar in age like i'm a little bit older but we would have grown up watching the same dirt bike movies <laughs> you know what i mean like there's a yep. our generation if you take us and you put us all in a concert like you could pretty well know what bands to bring out on stage you know? whether it's like the rock stuff and then the rap stuff because that was definitely it was i think moto or like action sports was definitely a place where like that those genres of music were used 
simultaneously like, together yep. too. You know, it wasn't like just you know just have rap or you just have rock. Like there's such a crossover. Yeah, every other edit was like yeah, one is that shine down kind of stuff, and then the <laughs> next thing is like some three six mafia or something with a crazy beat. Yeah, awesome like punk. You know, some of that like the more mm-hmm. punky sort of stuff. Um, but it's probably played a pretty cool part in influencing your now career in country you know because you would have spent so much time listening to other things before starting to write country for sure i feel like it helped me i don't know anyways i thought my stuff was a little fresher just because like i didn't grow up only listening to the country greats yeah my sister was listening to three six mafia and nelly my dad's listening to zz top and metallica Mom's listening to Alan Jackson and Don Williams. So, like, I'm really genuinely, excuse me, I'm genuinely consuming all this stuff and, like, picking the pieces that I like of it all and just trying to mash it all together. And at first it really confused some people because they're like, that's not a rock song, that's country. And then that's not a country song, that's a rock song. And that's not neither, he's rapping. Yeah. And, you know, it's it was a little confusing, but the last couple of years people really been, like, you know, like you said, everybody our age is inspired by a whole lot more than just one thing. Yeah, yeah. So the everybody's kind of blending now, and it finally got a little more acceptable to where it's like, oh, that's just a Red Farron song. It's just a Wallen song. It's not a rap in a country. or a, People were starting to shear that off a little bit and just, like, tell it for what it is instead of what, they, what it was, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude, it's so fucking cool. And you've been on such a crazy ride. Like, we... Uh, we started talking about a little bit before but i mean it's cool for me to see like even in the time that we've been talking it's like there's just so much stuff is happening so quickly like you have a a hit song that blows up and you're like was it number two on the there was some chart i saw number two country like there's a number two country song in america yeah it was the the second country song for like two or three weeks man and then zach bryan's the only dude in front of you that's like releasing new like Mm -hmm. he's a superstar you know so it's like you're playing up in some big territory man it was so crazy to be on that spotify viral 50 thing like Chris Stapleton's new song is two below me and Post Malone has a song three or four above me. And I'm like, how is, how am I on here with people that I've been like really listening to and messing with heavy for a long time? Like, cause there ain't a lot of country folks on there. Yeah. And I don't know, man, I've been chasing number one for a long time since I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? The racer mentality. Yeah, and yeah. when I went pro man, I didn't win again. Yeah. I, I never won again after that other than some local stuff. So I've been chasing it, cuz. And in the music, I've been far from number one for a while, too. So just to have a little taste of, like, just a little podium, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's yeah. a fake win, whatever. It's just a little thing, but those little wins is what keeps you going and keeps you digging to get yeah. to them bigger ones. Yeah, and it, it gives you, um, it gives you like, a level of belief, you know? Like, if you've kind of walked a path before. You know when, like, you're driving somewhere, and you haven't been there yet and you're driving in the car and it's like yeah, <laughs> today every every but every turn it feels so long but then when you mm. sit and have lunch or whatever and then you go home it's like five minutes it feels like it, it's so the the distance is half the time you know it's like Fact. once you've walked a path once you've experienced something it's just so much easier to you know get it again and believe that you can do it again you know it's like until totally jack and diet coke it's like you hope that this would happen you would want this to happen for yourself but now that it's happened it's like 
a lot easier to believe it can happen again and again and again. 100%, man, because sometimes I felt like all the songs before it were just as good, yeah, but yeah. you're like, why does nobody care? Why is nobody listening to these? Or why does this TikTok get 200 views and then this other one that I didn't care about got 100,000? Like, yeah, yeah. But once you get a little taste of it and you're like, oh, I can I can do it. People do care about one. Yeah. I yeah. got 700 more sitting. I bet they'll like one more of them at least, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. It, it's dangerous to get a taste of that. When there's a little blood in the water and you finally <laughs> feel like you can get a bite, it's on, bro. It's on right now. Dude, I love that. <laughs> and I, you know what? You don't get those kind of looks too often. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wide fucking open right now trying to make it happen because – I've had a lot of chances come and go, and I'm like, I feel really lucky that I'm still getting to like try again. Yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna let this one slide by me. Nah, man, it's cool, and it's cool. It's cool to see it happen to a good dude too. You know, <laughs> thank like, you, man. And with with <clears throat> this, there's a there's a period where it's like you're kind of doing all right, and then it sort of goes, and then you walk into a place, and people start you know asking for photos and you you sort of know like all right if i go to a supercross race like i'm gonna yeah fucking ham it all day like it's a <laughs> you just know what's going to happen and it's it's like mm-hmm. a weird thing to go through when you had never you know had any exposure to that before so but it's cool <sighs> because i don't know like it's uh it's a, like a weird experience because you just feel like the same me. I f- I'm, it's, I'm the same person, but all this stuff. That, you end up just like kind of watching things mm-hmm. change and you sort of just stay the same. It's been pretty funny. Like some of my friends from Kawasaki, they knew me as a media grunt and I'm out there just yeah. like writing articles for them and sending, you know, I'm reporting to them, sending photos in. And then, then they're like, oh, he's trying to race okay and then it's like oh he's rapping now yeah (laughs) okay yeah and then they're like wow this country stuff's actually working and i don't know it's really kept me like who i am because everybody around here knows the chubby kid with the camera they know the poor boy that was trying to do arena cross and crashing every week like they know every one of those versions of me so there's no hiding there's no putting on yeah you gotta stay who you are because everybody around you knew you back then so it's kind of i don't know it's weird it's like i was telling you when we first started talking out there it's so odd to show up somewhere and people recognize you like oh wow because you know you race and you ride and try to be a personality and be a good hang so people recognize you or whatever at the track and I don't know. I had good friends and stuff when I was racing, but I definitely wasn't the guy. You know, mm. I was like barely making it in. So to show up now and people are swamping you and people give you bikes and gear and stuff that you used to work your ass off for. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, I'm super thankful for it, but now I don't even need it. I want it. Yeah. yeah. But I used to need that shit yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you couldn't get nothing. And now it's, I don't know. It's, I feel really loved. Yeah. I feel real thankful. It's cool to see people leaning in because they didn't for a while. It took a, it took me doing that shit for a minute for them to realize it wasn't just like a yeah a quick scheme, you know. Because some of our homies that ride, they was just they was making a buck on the music, but they didn't really care about the music. Mm. So I think a lot of folks was like, ah, he's just trying to make a dollar. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> and then yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I sold my bikes to move down here and do this. Like, I'm all in for real. I'm not. 
I want to do what they did and then keep going. Yeah. Like yeah. Seven Deuce Deuce, I used to see him on top of the iTunes chart. And I'm like. Really? Yeah, bro. Really? The motocross community was so cool. They would they would get him up on that thing with big artists. Yeah, yeah. Just because, like, they'll spend a buck for you. They love you, you know? And yeah. Some of those dudes just didn't keep going with it because they were racing, you know? And that was their yeah. what they were trying to do. and. I knew being 52nd place at uh, Supercross, not making the night show, is not going to ever make any money. So yeah, that music that will, though. So, yeah, yeah. So I was just trying to lean in and get it that way, you know? Yeah. Man, I didn't know that, that Deuce Deuce had that kind of success. He's a cool – have you met him before? Oh, yeah. yeah so you guys know each other? He's yeah, a cool motherfucker. Honestly, right? man, I owe him a little brown bag of money one day because he's really? the whole reason this started no shit well i say he won't take any credit for it but um so atlanta supercross it was moto fest or whatever they did arena cross and motocross yeah so i went out there and tried to qualify 250 arena cross and broke my fucking arm and i i get out of the ambulance i'm walking back to the truck and i see deuce walking through there and i just take off running because he his music had been popping and i had just done my done my first song and i was like yo 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 I'm bent up right now. Let's do some music. And he's like, send me something, man, whatever, you know. And uh, he didn't think I was really going to. So I sent him some shit the next day. And we just started, like, pen palling songs back and forth, putting verses on each other's stuff. And he put one out. It was called Mission. And, like, I had never dropped a song. And it had a couple hundred thousand views. And for me, I'm like, damn, this is sick, Deuce. And we started doing shows together. We would go to motocross tracks and they would pay us fucking sweet. Way we didn't know how much people got paid, so we just threw numbers out and people's like, Okay, we got a sponsor for this race, so Well. So if it wasn't for him like honestly letting me coattail a little bit and say, I'll bring seven deuce deuce, I would have never had all those opportunities at the tracks. I would have never got to break in right there. I don't know how I would have done it because people took me so serious because they loved him and they're like oh yeah. if he's there then it must be legit dude that's so cool yeah we fooled him bro we <laughs> we didn't know nothing fake it till you make it baby amen dude yeah so it's, it's wild man i never really told that part of stuff because i never got to talk about it in depth but yeah 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 deuce is a man man i met him at glen helen the other day actually he um he was training one of his I guess, he's training a bunch of riders now it's pretty sick yeah and he uh I mean, I just, I think he's fucking cool. Like, he's just, when the music was cool, he's cool. He rode cool, you know. It's like hard to just, not be happy around him, bro. Yeah, right. Even if shit sucks, he's going to be like, yeah, Link, he, come on, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amp up. Yeah, yeah. One life. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, brother, I'm with you. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's just got that vibe, like a happy kind of dude. So anyway, we, yeah, met, we met at Glen Helen the other day, and um He's, he's like, I don't know, he just knows shit too. Like, he's just, he's not just a moto guy. But yeah. um, anyway, he said he's got some new music coming out too, which I was stoked for. So I, because I said to him, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I said, come do the pod whenever you want. And uh, and he was like, man, I've got some new music. And yeah. I'm like, all right, let's do it right before that. But yeah. he is really like, he did some super cool shit. He did, man. And it was all just him. It, really? It, I mean, pretty much. I think if he put... Uh, if he would let go a little bit, let some other people mix or produce or whatever for him, he'd have a whole lot more songs out. He's really hands-on, man. He pretty much does everything. That's why it takes him as long as it does to do a record. Cause, wow. Because he's just 
he studies the mixing and the mastering and all that and he don't want to pay somebody else to do it because he knows what he wants to hear so it might take him twice as long but he's gonna get what he wants so that's so respect cool. yeah. yeah i was gonna say just respect in general plus like yeah, he was definitely. racing at a high level like he was making mains and, and doing stuff. all that at the same time too yeah. which is pretty tough i mean it's hard just the money alone that it takes to mm. amp up a bike and have good microphones yeah is yeah, yeah well, i'm sure I mean. it's the i'm sure it's the same like well, i guess it's similar to this you know like you're kind of always trying to upgrade equipment and like you want to have the best shit it's like 1600 dollars worth of microphones just yeah you know, to a point chilling. you know i yeah. guess it eventually gets so good that it's just like your producer or how you're treating it or whatever how you singing yeah but that's definitely the goal, you know. It's just like the bikes. If you have the better suspension or whatever, it's going to be a tad bit cleaner. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be a tad yeah. bit more what you want. Yeah, and then you, um, yeah, I guess you kind of just, well, at least for me, it's like the at the podcast studio in Australia. Like you just walk in, you turn the lights on, and you go. Like yep. it just removes so much friction from the process of like, I got to set this up. I got to plug this in where this, like when once you can like invest and have that space, it just makes creating shit so much easier. Yeah. Cause you get to just worry about making it instead of how you're making it or yeah, how it yeah. sounds or whatever. You're just like, you're just doing the creative part. Yeah. yeah. It took me a while. Cause it, I don't know. I wanted to be able to do stuff like that too. I, sometimes it was just a thing of like not having anybody available to go mm. write a song with me so i had to start learning but <clears throat> the clicking the buttons and all that man it takes away it uses a part of my brain i need to like be creative so it's hard for me to do both yeah at the same time unless i'm running it for somebody else yeah yeah fair so when you where that story you told <clears throat> with deuce right mm-hmm. where were you at in your music kind of journey when that happened like how long had you been thinking about doing it when did you realize that it was something you like wanted to do man so i had probably been writing for about four years at that point but it was just strictly for hobby um nobody really knew i did it it was just something that like at night whenever we were wrenching on bikes i would turn beats on and we would just freestyle with each other and see who had the best bars at night you know yeah yeah and then um kind of I don't know. I was always chasing 10 dreams at once, but I was doing press releases for some rappers and they're like, man, if you can do press releases, I bet you can sing or rap too. No shit. And I was like, actually I can. So I started showing them my songs and they kind of like helped me, helped me leak a few of them out, you know, on SoundCloud and stuff back in the day. And then I met Tyler Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. And that was through motocross. And, uh, what's he do? So he's a songwriter and he was in Florida, Georgia line. Oh, I was thinking of fucking, yeah, okay. I was thinking of, um, who was the <clears throat> snowmobile dude? Hibbard. Tucker Hibbard. That's who yeah. I was. That's Shit, so. and I lost my point. I yeah. lost where I was at anyways. <laughs> so, sorry, bro. Uh, yeah, so you met him from... Uh, Wait, what did you ask me? How did I, uh, how did it just, all get started, I guess? Yeah, like where were you at when you, right. that seven deuce deuce thing? Because yeah, it seemed so, like that was kind of like one of the big ignition points. Yeah, it was strictly you know just to scratch all that other shit a minute ago it was strictly hobby yeah it was just something that we did for fun and where i was from i didn't know songwriting was a job i thought that if you want to be an artist you had to just be an alien and write all these crazy good songs Mm. so that's why i started writing originally was out of interest of trying to be an artist and just like to survive yeah because i was going through a bad relationship and stuff at home was crazy and racing was kind of crumbling so the music just kind of 
it was just to keep me alive. I didn't let nobody really hear it. I was kind of embarrassed of it for some reason. It was just something I did for me, really. Mm. <clears throat> and then the more people I got to know that were in the business that would tell me what kind of living you could make if you were decent at it and really gave it your all, I just finally like started sharing with people and started going to studios. But when I met Deuce, it was super like premature. I was recording into my MacBook. Didn't even have a microphone. And I didn't know about compression and stuff, so I thought you had to, like, sing it perfect, like, five times in a row if you wanted it thickened up. Yeah, right. So it was like, I was doing stuff such a backwards way to get there, but it sounded good enough that it, like, caught his ear and other people's ear. But it was just, like we said earlier, faking it till you make it, man. It was something I wanted to do, but I had no clue how. So I would just Google shit and then do the best I could no <laughs> on my little MacBook. Yeah, man. And so then, like, before all that, how did you get into moto? Like, was your dad into it and you kind of, like, a family thing or? Yeah, so I guess I was probably five or six years old, and I got a bike for one of my birthdays. And my dad and my uncle had always raced and stuff in the southeast, but never, like, you know, never for real. They just had to work real jobs, so they could never really do it. Yeah. But um, they got me and my cousin into it young, and we just kind of, we got ate up, started racing you know probably a year after we got bikes and it just snowballed but it kind of like with the music it was just a hobby man Mm. I I thought I was going to be a football player when I was a kid that was my dream so I was just I was just race for fun on the weekends and then I'd play football all week you know and then you start being like man I'm kind of a little bit better at this than sticking Mm. ball sports yeah yeah maybe this is the thing and then you know football coaches start getting mad that you're missing practice to go ride and they make you choose so you obviously choose dirt bikes and I don't know I feel like I'm like well this is my only option now I quit all that other stuff so I gotta make this work and I've always just cornered myself into like making these (laughs) hobbies turn into jobs and like trying to make them work somehow yeah and what so like what were the home like local kind of races to you Man, so I never raced Loretta Lens uh, on the motocross, but I used to do GNCCs for a while. Oh, see. So that's how I really started. My dad and my uncle had so many friends get hurt growing up that they wouldn't let us do moto. Mm. So we did Enduros and GNCCs and all that stuff. <clears throat> and uh, shit, bro. Where were we? Like just the local races. <laughs> oh, yeah. Close so, to you. yeah. So I would race Loretta Lens GNCC every year. Yeah. But that was the only national we could afford to get to. Yeah. And it was like first year you're 14th and then the next year you're 10th and then one year you got a fifth and it's like, hey, that was in the nation. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah. And dad's like, all right. So for a while we could only afford to race around here. Like we did the Mid-South Hair Scrambles. and Yeah. But it was pretty much Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, like, we just yeah. couldn't afford to go far. It was just me and Pops in a little truck. So That's so sick, though. Um, and when did you then go, like, when did you start doing the moto and arena cross stuff? Because it's, like, it's a pretty big jump to go from GNCC <laughs> yeah. and hair scrambles to, like, sure. doing moto and then trying to qualify for the arena cross and supercross. Yeah, so we were um, 16 to 18. I had a KTM deal. Like, they just gave me demo bikes oh, and stuff sick. for off-road. Yeah. And the team I was riding on the shop went bankrupt like halfway through the year and me and my dad were kind of at odds at the time and he had just spent all he wanted to spend on it Mm. and uh he's like I'm done man you got to figure out a way to do it if you you're you're a big boy now if you want to do it figure it out and I was like 
well, fuck it. If I'm paying for it, I'm going to the motocross track. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I just I had always practiced on motocross, but they would never let us race it, which was silly. But uh, Moto Playground actually had this competition at, really? at Durham Town. Yeah. And whoever got the most likes on their Facebook post got a free trip to the National. And I was fucking broke. And it was gas money. It was lodging. It was everything. So I I was in community college at the time, but I wasn't really going to college. I was just trying to make my mom happy till that semester ended yeah. so I could quit. Yeah. And I went to the cafeteria or whatever. I didn't go to the cafeteria. We went to the library, and yeah. I got on Facebook all day getting them likes. And I went and I won it somehow and got to go race that amateur national and i won the c-class no shit which i was riding a off-road so i was sandbagging like a motherfucker but <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was like hey i'm allowed to do it the rule says yeah yeah so then i was like so well, is that one motherfucker in the c-class yeah that was me that was <laughs> me that year <laughs> and so pretty quick after that we went ahead and started trying to do the money classes just because i was too broke to like yeah not have a chance to win some money but it Again, it was just something that I did because I had to. I really should have probably been in the B class, but I was like, man, I got to start trying to make money. Yeah. And then eventually you get a fifth and a third and you make your 20 and then you make 200 and then you're like, all right, cool. We made 40 bucks this weekend and you just get hooked and you keep trying to make it a little bigger and bigger. Dude, that's so cool. It, and uh, shit, sorry, man. No, 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 you get it. I get long-winded on some sometime nah, when nah, we nah. smoking that KK. Nah, that's what we're here for, bro. <laughs> but, uh arena cross was just something that i'd never really done it but team faith it was this christian based team yeah i heard they needed a rider and i was like trying to try out for the team so there was a couple southeast arena cross races i went to and did good enough you know they were going to give me a look and uh so i was just i don't know man we were trying so hard to just to make it anywhere yeah yeah whether it was on a team or whether it was local stuff i was just I was just ate up with it and I didn't want to quit. Yeah. And in my mind at the time, I thought if I could ever get there, you know, like I'm going to get rich, I'm going to take care of my family. Yeah. So we were just all in, bro. And I don't know. I just, I could never quit getting hurt. Yeah. It was okay. just broke arm after broke arm. And anytime somebody give you a look, you end up breaking off. Breaking off. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, hell yeah, we're into you, man. We'll see you in Kansas City and see how you do. And then you wad it in qualifying. And they're like, eh, talk to us next year. And then next year never comes, you know. Yeah. So it was interesting. And, yeah. I, and I also picked it up when Ricky Carmichael was doing the road to Supercross. Oh, yeah, so yeah, So the yeah. tracks were fucking gnarly. I don't know what anybody else thinks, but i never seen whoops that big on too many Supercross tracks in our day. They were like, no, nah, if you're going to come race this, you're going to be ready. Yeah, yeah, I remember that little patch of time where they did that, like, Road to Supercross thing. Yeah, man, thanks, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, that, that shit ate me up and spit me out, bro. So what, um, is there, am I right in saying there's, like, two separate arena cross series these days? Or, like, because I've always kind of found it, like, a little bit hard to follow. Yeah, it has been a little confusing, because Feld used to do it, Yeah, that's I what I thought. And now I think somebody else owns mm. owns the rights to it or whatever yeah yeah so but there's always been so many like you know there's southeast ones there's there's all kinds of little regional series that's what i did for the most part yeah because we never could afford to get to <laughs> get all over the place you know yeah and was it just like you'd work on all your bikes you would do the, like all your own shit like training yourself like the whole deal 
Pretty much, man. I mean, when I was on a couple of them teams or whatever, when I raced for them shops, we had a little support, and they might get us a trainer sometimes if we all lived in the same area, but it was pretty grassroots and just like my local gym sponsored me so I could work out. <clears throat> I mean, I was just like anywhere I could go. The Mexican restaurant in town would give me gas money, and I put a little Morocco on the side of my motorcycle, you know. <laughs> like, so bro, good. I was doing anything I could <laughs> to make it happen. That's just, like, fucking wholesome, you know. like the, <laughs> I just loved it, man. And yeah, we, yeah. we didn't have, I don't know, we didn't have the money for it. Yeah. i go work my construction job all day, and then i come home and wrench on bikes, and if there was any sunlight left, I'd ride. But, I mean, it was, it was just, like... I'd literally show up at an arena cross track and not road in two or three months and just hope I didn't – hope I could do it. <sighs> Dude, that's and so I, gnarly. I didn't have a 250F at the time either, so I was borrowing a bike from somebody that he would drive from Pennsylvania to all the races. And it's like no practice time on the bike, ain't road anything, just going out there and just like – Yeah, no wonder you hoping, fucking crashed. Hoping the instinct works, and then you're like, yeah, man – I wadded it on the triple, and they're like, when's the last time you rode Supercross? And I'm like, six months ago? They're like, why are you even doing out here? But Just at that time, at that point, it was like, that was all there was left. Like, that's, it was either that or just pack it up and try something else. And yeah. I had a publishing deal offered to me at the time. And when I did the Atlanta Motor Fest or whatever, you know, dude told me, he said, if you don't, if you quit racing, I'll get, I'll sign you a publishing deal. But if you go do this race, I ain't signing you. Really? Because <clears throat> he wanted me to be all in. And yeah. he knew there wasn't a lot of money for a dude like me in the sport. And I was like, no, I just made it in the stadiums. Georgia Dome's going to be my first stadium race. And then second qualifying, I broke my arm. <sighs> so then I FaceTime him and I'm like, hey, man, what about that songwriting deal? And he's like, no, nah, cuz. Really? You, don't, you just want something to do. Yeah, yeah. So I had to write for a year before I ever like – what would that publishing deal be worth? I mean, probably thirty or forty a year. You know, enough Not to enough bad. to pay my yeah. bills, and it gets you in writing rooms every year or every week. You're writing with people, and yeah, I was so green that people wouldn't really take a write with me because they didn't know who I was or what yeah. I could do. Yeah. So he's like, "No, nah, man, you got to come like prove to people in the town that you want to be here, and it ain't just something to do." So mm. it took a long time. Yeah, and I, yeah. I sold all my race bikes, and I lived off of that. <laughs> I lived off what my two race bikes got me for that year. What would that have been? <clears throat> Man, I think I got, like, I sold my pit bike, too. I think I had, like, 25 or something, you know. Yeah. And it was just enough to split my rent with my buddy from my hometown. And we just, uh, should we just scrape by and made it happen. What was he doing? Man, what was he doing? So he was playing college basketball at, okay. at TSU, yeah. which is Tennessee State University, and doing American Ninja Warrior, which was crazy, bro. <laughs> so, so we're just we both that's a like, fucking duo right there. We're like, man, fuck this town. We we can't do nothing in this little hometown. So let's move to Nashville. Like it was just gonna change our life, you know? Yeah. But but it did. I mean, I got a fast call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Dude, nah, that's fucking cool, man. That's yeah, we such just, a that's such a cool like it's uh in the moment it fucking sucks. Like it's real hard to um mm -hmm. it's, it's real hard to savor those moments. Like you you can look back at it now <laughs> with such like a 
so much fond memories and it's such like a sure there's like a good vibe but mm-hmm. man when there's like so much uncertainty you don't know what you're gonna do you feel like the world's against you mm-hmm. like it's a it it definitely is like the thing that drives you to be successful but it's very hard to like enjoy and appreciate those moments until it's like now when you're you're mm-hmm. doing the thing that you wanted to do and you can look back and it was kind of worth it you know yeah, but at the time when the stove don't work oh. and the AC in the truck don't work and yep. like everything is everything is a grind and yep. a struggle, you're like, this is not it. Yeah, dude. But then you look back and you're like, that was the best fucking day of my life. I was having so yeah. much more fun than I'm having now with yep. with a little money or with a little security or whatever. I'm like trying to get back to that guy a little bit, just yeah. not not broke, but yeah, just living, man, and just. I don't know. That guy took chances. Yeah, yeah. This guy's a little safe sometimes. I'm like, man, that dude only got here because he was rolling the damn dice. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to be more like old you. Yeah. Well, when you got nothing to lose, bro. You know, nothing that, and, to lose. And that's what it is. Like, dude, I remember. I remember the first time that I was that I lived here. And I lived here like kind of all through my twenties. And there were times where, like, I, I was I was living with a couple and. um they would they'd like take care of all the bills and shit like that and then they went to fucking they went on holidays somewhere and then like the power and the water just went out and like i didn't have enough fucking money in my account to put the power and water on bro and i'm like staying at this house with these two fucking dogs and i just couldn't eat anything i could i was just broke as fuck and i was just eating like peanut butter sandwiches and like tuna and crackers with these two fucking dogs and the dogs were eating what i was eating and uh yeah, and they, and they came home and they, they fucking turned everything back on. But I remember just being so low, bro. I thought I was the biggest fucking loser in the world. And like, now you look back and I'm like, it's pretty pretty funny, you know? Like, especially once it all works out. Yeah, it's kind of baller, actually. You're like, man, you're pretty tough to, yeah, get, yeah. to, to have got through some of that stuff that, I don't know. Yeah, but it then, takes some people over. Yeah, and I think, well, that's what we were saying as well before, you know? Like, it just, you only fail when you stop like there's always a chance to make it quote unquote as mm-hmm. long as you keep going but the day you pack up and you fucking never write another hook and you never write another verse like you failed like it's over facts man there there was a couple times too i mean honestly like march of this year i was kind of thinking about quitting just because i couldn't get any traction it'd been a few years um, my record deal was like a joint venture between Warner Brothers and FGL. So when Florida Georgia Line broke up, it really affected my record deal at first. Uh. And I was just like, it kind of seemed like my my shot had came and went. Mm. And I was just getting to the point of where like, I just assume go run a dozer or a bobcat and get my check on Friday and know what I'm getting every week instead of getting my heart broke all the time. Mm. But I just love it too much to quit. Because yeah. like I said, even if I quit it as a job, I'd still be writing still to be survive. Yeah. So I'm like, why would you why would you quit? Because you're still going to be writing. Mm. Just nobody's going to have a chance at all to hear it. Yeah, then you're yeah. definitely going to never win because nobody ever has a chance to hear it. Yeah. So you, the the first like, the, you turned down essentially like that publishing deal. Mm-hmm. Did you know how that whole world worked with like songwriting and like being a songwriter and that whole kind of because i mean i don't know anything about how that shit works no i had no clue then i still don't know much (laughs) i know enough to be dangerous i guess but uh, (laughs) um no i had no clue i just felt like um 
I don't know, it was kind of just like the next step. It was like everybody that I knew that was kind of successful or whatever, it was like, oh, yeah, so-and-so just signed a pub deal. Yeah, He's writing songs for a living. Mm. And then I heard a couple guys that, like, they would write songs and it would uh, their people would get so excited about them, they'd be like, well, why don't you sing these instead of sending it to so-and-so? Mm. So then I'm like, wow, people are getting record deals out of being songwriters. So I didn't really know anything about it or how it worked, but I was just interested because yeah. I, I was like, man, if I could just write songs Monday through Friday and not do anything else, that would be a dream. And did that, so that obviously come pretty easy to you, like you're doing the rapping thing and then you start like i guess we're writing and recording that stuff but so the writing process came fairly easy i mean i guess so it kind of just i always say it comes from god man because i nobody really taught me Mm. how to do it or anything like i said a lot of it was just in private like over beats that i got on youtube or something so yeah yeah it's kind of strange man there was not really a I'm trying to think of the word there, you know? Yeah, it wasn't like you learned it from anywhere. You kind of just... Yeah, like, like my yourself. dad wasn't recording or anything. Like, I didn't really yeah. have any any look or whatever. I didn't have a, a view of what that would look like if I could do it. Yeah. I just heard people did it, so I just... Yeah. I just kept chasing it until I was one of those people doing it. Yeah. What Do you remember, like, the first song that you wrote or, like, the first process of... Because I always wonder, like, how people start... Mm-hmm. writing a song like, i love um i'm like big drake fan well most motherfuckers yeah but i, I just love listening to his raps and the way that he's structuring his sentences mm-hmm. you know like just the he he has such a amazing way of of writing like did you kind of reverse engineer the way that people did it or you were able to a just little like bit. kind of just write straight from wherever it was kind of strange like looking back words were always my thing yeah. like in school i was always doing great on the english exams yeah. and the writing exams you couldn't and count for shit no yeah math me, and me science too. was not my thing but <laughs> words were my bag yeah <laughs> and uh then i worked then i started writing for the motocross magazine and like yeah nobody ever taught me how to do that either i was just telling stories yeah and um the, the more I dove into music, I kind of realized like rap, old rap and old country, that's all they were doing was telling stories. Mm-hmm. And then they made it rhyme or they made a cool melody. But the real shit that hit me was all storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. So when I very first started writing, I was just like, I think the song was called About You or something. I was like, everything's about you. Why is everything about you to this mm-hmm. girl, you know? And I didn't know what I was doing. I just turned a beat on on YouTube because I heard somebody was like, you can buy them for 20 bucks on there. So I just started playing them and writing and trying to Im- imitate what you hear and whatever you know. At first, I couldn't write a chorus to save my life. It was like six really good verses about the same oh, thing. Oh, because the story element. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no hook. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what everybody grilled me on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody grilled me at first like, man, you'll be a great feature artist. But you can't write a hook to save your life. Fuck it. So, watch, hold my beer, yeah. boy. So then I was like, well, fuck a verse. Let me start writing hooks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Then I was just the chorus man, and my verses were weak. So I kind of had to like, yeah, yeah, mold them together. But that's fucking cool. Yeah, dude. it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, man. That's yeah. Just kind of just like spinning laps. Like, yeah, yeah. For me, I didn't really have anybody training me. Like. I would watch all the moto videos and see what, yeah, yeah. try to see how their elbows were and how they were sitting, and then I'd just go imitate it because I didn't have anybody to to tell me. So 
just a lot of trial and error anything i've ever done yeah yeah man you the cool the cool thing about you that i'm really getting is that you're just fucking doing it you know what i mean (laughs) but that's such a people make some shit way harder than it is because they're not just not out there doing it and there's probably Mm -hmm. so much of your life and i can kind of relate to this a little bit but it's like there's so much of your life where you'd people would just be looking at you like what the fuck is this guy doing you know what oh, I mean? yeah, always and bro you've, you've got to sit there and deal with that shit and mm-hmm. and like deal with the judgment and oh you're gonna be a songwriter oh you're gonna be a racer are you gonna but you're just a dude that's fucking out there doing it you know because it's like it's that's what cool it's hear. what you do you know like there's some people that like i've never fucking i've never really had a job like i've worked i worked a few jobs when i was a kid and i worked a couple jobs out of school but then it's like i started mm-hmm. a business when I, in 2007 or whatever when i graduated and i still use the same fucking business number now it's like it's been 25 different things (laughs) but it's like i was just always sort of trying to do it because i just Mm -hmm. don't even really know how to explain it it's like you just feel like you could do something yeah you don't know what it is exactly like for instance the whole tiktok thing and instagram with jack and diet coke I'm not a social media guy. I'm not a squeaky wheel. I'm not on there talking yeah, and yeah. being so, like, if hey you guys, hang out with me, to come on here. <laughs> if you hang out with me, like you'll, I, I think I'm pretty funny. I'm pretty like kind dude to be around, but I'm not on there like trying to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just posted the song and then I saw it worked. So I was like, I'm gonna post another one just like it, but a little different. And then that worked. And nobody told me what to do and i damn sure didn't know what i was doing i just like kept doing yeah and it just kept multiplying and there's a lot of times where i sit and think about what do i do what do i do what should i do and shit works a lot better when i'm just doing yeah 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 i might mess up i might break something in the process but it's gonna be tenfold on the back end yeah yeah because you you learn a real way no no yeah i completely agree hey like i mean when i started this it was like end of 2017 i had like a bunch of shit fuck up in my life like i i had a i was living over here and then i had an issue of customs and then it just everything got i couldn't imagine that process oh it was crazy bro i literally like i'm only back here because i just got my visa again after five years so i just glad you back bro same man (laughs) but uh it was like yeah just in one day my whole life changed everything was just fucking gone out from underneath me you know and uh and then i sort of had the idea to do this purely because it was kind of all i had like i had two cameras a couple microphones like so i was like all right well i'll do it and um every day i would just wake up and i just sat at my desk for eight hours i just i went back to live with my parents 28 felt like the biggest fucking loser in the world shit and uh everyone's like oh, okay cool he's gonna start a podcast like fucking i'm sure that'll go good and then you've just got to cop it you know you gotta you gotta wear that shit that people are putting on you and wear the yeah. judgment but i just woke up every day and i sat there for eight hours and i either did a show and then i edited when i finished editing i just kept sitting there like i just stayed at my desk That's every so fucking day nine to five didn't get another job did like I was like, I'll be broke until this works. That's wild, bro. We're we're so much alike. <laughs> yeah, dude. The even, more we talk, I'm yeah. like, man, I feel like our stories are the same, just bro, different variables. I work for a magazine too. Like <laughs> I was wild. I was writing for a magazine. Like that was Damn, the first bro. thing that that I did. Like I um 
when I left school, I thought I was going to be a writer. Like mm-hmm. I started, I was like, I'll be a journalist. Like this is what I'm going to do. And I ended up kind of splitting off from that to go into the, the filming. Mm-hmm. Like in, when, cause there was just no dirt bike online filming, you know, like a verb motor yeah, or a racer sure. X or whatever. Like it just wasn't, none of them were doing video. So if it was like, if mm-hmm. it wasn't for that, I probably would have kept writing you know so yeah even down to the writing we're pretty yeah, similar it's kind of crazy but yeah you know you just kind of keep chugging along and you just at least for me like i just felt like i had something to offer you know what i mean like i mm-hmm. never really i was same like never really like a self-promotion guy or whatever but it was mm-hmm. just i like doing cool shit i like same, making man. things i like putting it out i like people enjoying those things and mm-hmm. It, you know you just end up one day finding something that works and it's crazy when it does yeah 100 percent. because like like i said people weren't lined up asking me for songs mm. like there wasn't a big demand for me personally to write songs yeah. it was just something i wanted to do so bad that and i and i i don't know man it's it's funny how when you just keep doing that like there is no demand nobody does care but you show up like you said 2017 whatever like you've been doing it a while and you and you're eventually the old guy you're not the new guy forever and then once people see you stick around and they know you really love it and Mm -hmm. they see the progression like i don't know there's been some of those folks that used to laugh that are like really coming around now and i'm just smile big and i'm thankful they come around but you know what i mean yeah Yeah, yeah, you know you should have given somebody a chance early on because just because it ain't there yet don't mean it ain't gonna get there yeah yeah but a lot of people a lot of people give up before it gets there but some of us (laughs) some of us don't yeah just because we ain't got a choice we ain't got nothing else to do you're like i got these cameras what how can i make how can i get by with these cameras and not (laughs) something else i mean yeah and i think that you know there's uh there's like a level of undeniability like what you just described that's like being undeniable in a sense where it's Mm -hmm. like that like jack and diet coke is such a good song that no matter what that's gonna hit you know what i mean and and it's like when you like if you do a podcast with fucking like that bobby altoff chick like that's like this is a great example right yeah 100 percent. like she's fucking awesome (laughs) like she just made something great and is mm. undeniably good and i yeah, think a it's lot hard of, to not like that yeah. when, it's, <clears throat> when somebody does something just it's like just fucking legit. when it's just sick yeah can't talk much shit on it yeah yeah and I, so i think that there's i don't know i think there's a level of you can work your way into that you know like you can like what you were describing before mm-hmm. is yeah people might look at you but you're just not undeniable yet it's like eh, yeah you know but you can put out something or you can create a body of work that people can't deny. They can't fuck with it. It's just like, it just mm. is what it is. And like, you can make that. You don't need uh, somebody's permission to be undeniable in that sense. hundred percent, man. And what's really been validating for me is like, you know, once people catch on to Jack and Diet Coke, they go to see if there's more. And there and is. Then, yeah. And there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know. I kind of feel like I was saying earlier, like, how did everybody miss these? Because mm-hmm. people are liking the old songs now, too. But it just took that one undeniable one to mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, wake everybody up and be like, oh, there is something here <laughs> under all that dust, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you can... Uh, that, that was something that, like, I always kind of had in my mind as well is that 
if you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it like i looked at every episode that i did mm-hmm. as like another bit of a back catalog that someone's gonna find one day you know For sure, and man. it's like it sounds like you had that same kind of mentality with music because it's like you put out the song because you like the song and it, that's it's like it's your thing mm-hmm. and eventually someone's gonna hear the one song that turns them on and then when you're in that position like imagine if your first song hit and that was it and then no one's got anywhere else to go and they listen to that one song and like, that was fucking dope but as opposed to being a guy like yourself that you put out so much music that no one gave a fuck about for so long i know bro. and then when it finally does happen <laughs> they go back and they're like damn this this dude's put out some shit yeah it's kind of sick i mean i don't know i feel like you just got to keep doing the very best you can at that time yeah. whether it's whether it is that undeniable piece or not man that's all i ever did was just wrote the best songs i could and produced them the best i could and then we picked the ones that we thought were the best and that felt the best to us and was not ever like out chasing this funny thing i was just really just like well it's yeah. the best i can do that's yeah. i like riding around listening to it so i hope y'all do too like yeah because yeah. at that time that's all you had like you know people ain't really caring so you gotta you gotta stay alive and stay into it somehow so yeah and i feel like it's so hard these days too because it's sort of everyone's got a camera everyone's got a podcast everyone's got a this everyone's got a that everyone's trying to do Mm -hmm. it like it's it's almost harder than ever to like break through the noise purely because people have just heard it all before like they've heard that oh yeah some people really want it and some people are just bored yeah or they just see other people doing it and it's i don't know it's so it's funny man yeah well all people (laughs) just want the thing at the end of it all you know like they want what you get from having the number one song they they don't really care about what the number one song is what it means how you got it how you got it whatever they just want the number one song and then they want the thing that kind of comes with it you know it's like the people i think that Mm -hmm. really win are the ones that they just want it to want the thing for sure man i feel like if i would have had the first one be a number one i would have really done myself a disservice because i would not have known what to do with that and Mm. i didn't have the songs to back it up so then that's when people say you're a flop or you're a one-hit wonder or you're an industry plant yeah and maybe you're just a a new guy that was really green and had some luck but i kind of got to grow behind the scenes and i got i kind of got to do my own thing and lay my foundation my way instead of the way everybody else did yeah and it just it's letting it be a lot more genuine to me now than yeah than i feel like it would have been had i had a hit yeah and then i was just chasing let's write another one like this over and over and yeah, over we need another jack we need okay. another hit yeah yeah i write with a lot of people that are badass writers and as soon as they get a hit they're like oh my god i need another one i need yeah. another one and it's like we didn't write that hit by worrying about needing one we wrote that because somebody had a really good day or somebody got their heart broke or what yeah, yeah. like we were just living and telling stories we wasn't in here like trying to make something that was going to sell a million copies man i was thinking about this the other day with 50 cent like a i just had my spotify radio uh-huh. going and like a new 50 cent song come on and i was like fuck how hard would it be to be 50 cent in a in a musical sense to where it's like yeah. that was maybe the peak of music in a sense like they how were do you selling, outdo get rich or die trying <laughs> bro like in that album at that time when before the streaming 
you know like that was one Mega of the bucks. one of the crazier times in music and it's like yeah and i think you see it so many time with artists is that especially like i think 50 cents such a good example because it's like mm-hmm. here's this gangster from brooklyn that's living like a legit street life like that's the life he's living then he raps mm-hmm. about that life it gets you crazy successful and then you move so far away from that life yeah and then it's like how do you then like keep writing music from that place you know and then now like i feel you on that music's changed like you can't like even a 50 cent beat from get rich and die trying like that ain't making anything now like that's not the music that unless you like do a country melody on it or something yeah yeah maybe <laughs> unless you you know totally flip it on its head but like that ain't coming out now and being like a hit the way that it was like just the nah. like shit's changed so it's fuck it'd be so hard to i guess like you get so far away from your roots with success a lot of the times i feel like a lot of that happens in country music too because mm. we're all well i mean most of us anyways are from a little bitty ass town and we did redneck ass stuff and now we're all in nashville pounding concrete every day mm. writing songs in little white wall sterile rooms yeah yeah not out on a farm not on a boat not where what not on a dirt bike track or wherever your thing is we're all down there in these corporate ass buildings trying to write songs about what we used to do instead of like what you do instead of doing yeah, it yeah, now yeah and eventually the well runs dry yeah so it's like and the busier you get the further removed you are from it and then it's like you're not that anymore and that's that's why i keep visiting this dirt bike stuff all the time and every everything i do is because yeah i don't want to drift from it yeah i want to still be the same camo croc timberland carhartt wearing dude that i was when i was doing construction and just like going home writing my little songs in private like yeah. i don't i don't want all that to change yeah i just want a little security i want my little dog out there to have a farm to run around on yeah but i don't want nothing else you know yeah don't yeah. want for much else just well it's cool to be I, that's probably one good thing about nashville is that at least you're pretty close still yeah you it's know, not like too you, far yeah you can you can still get out there uh, for sure from from where you're at you know like but yeah you ain't you don't want to be living in some fucking mansion in like Los Angeles or something like it'd be pretty hard to ride that kind dude Post yeah, Malone's you know. a good example of that mm-hmm. like he's out in like Utah now I think yeah, it's like he did that that time here it's like you, you can't see do his, that you see his interviews and stuff he seems happier than ever and his mm. songs are cool and he's like chasing his sound not what like LA thinks is popular or what Nashville thinks is popular or whatever he's just doing what he thinks is sick mm. that's, in, that's inspiring to me because that's that's kind of the model that I've always wanted, like we've been saying, is just do shit that we think is cool, that you want to ride around in your car and listen to. Like, It's dope if the other guy that works here knows it too, but like, I just want my homies to enjoy it, and yeah. I just want to enjoy it. and I don't know. I'm just trying to get back to it, yeah. trying to get back in the sticks, back yeah. in the dirt. So how? Uh, what was your first little bit of success? Was Is this single the first bit of success you've had or would you say there's been like other wins along the way um, like whether it was in the songwriting stuff or i would say jack and diet coke is probably my biggest success personally as an artist um my song stuck might have more streams but it's been out a couple of years and this yeah. one has happened really fast yeah. um as a songwriter i had a few songs with florida georgia line that did pretty good okay sick i had one called little bit 
Okay. That we wrote with Nelly. Yeah, and right. That was, that was like a bucket list thing for me, but that changed my life. It, really? Yeah, it just helped me like it was one of those times where I was able to level up. I finally went yeah. and got me a little truck and I got a better apartment and it wasn't this like by no means like rich, but it was just like my first taste of security. Yeah. Not having to worry about running out of money at the end of the month or getting, you know, it was just like wow, man, this this was a bucket list, such a fun day that we had making this song. And then a year later it comes out. And then two years later, it's like, it's blowing up pretty good. And, and it gave me a spot in town yeah. like, other than just like paying my bills. It also made people take me a little more serious. Yeah. And they kind of thought it was like, ah, it's just cause Nelly and Tyler was in there. But then, then you keep ringing the bell and people are like, ah, you must add something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's so sick. Yeah. Had a that... couple songs up in Canada do pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. With, <clears throat> there's this one dude named Dean Brody. Yeah. We, uh, he broke the record in Canada for like most radio streams in a week or something with Damn, it. Damn, over Drake? Well, I don't know about that. I guess country. <laughs> or maybe music. country. I was like, yeah. oh shit. They have a weird thing up there where like 70% of the music has to be Canadian artists on the country radio. Fuck, they're commies. Eh? So, they're so, fucking commies. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wish they was making them play my shit down here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's cool. I I feel like, you know, they they have a little help, but the songs are badass and the people are super loyal up there, so Yeah. So that was cool. My first number 1 was was with them up were in Canada. Were you singing on that one or you were writing? Well, it was a song me and Florida Georgia Line were supposed to do together and then never happened, so we pitched it. Yeah, and uh, this duo called the Reclaws and Dean Brody, they did it. So okay, it was a song we were gonna sing, and then they caught wind of it, and we said we weren't gonna do it, so they put it out and wow. made us wish we did because it did really good. Fuck, there's those moments too where you're like, man, imagine if Florida Georgia Line didn't break up and we did that song. <laughs> yeah, what if we would have dropped that down here? That's hard <laughs> not to think about, eh? Yeah, sometimes it makes my hair stand up. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of those for not just for me for a lot of people in oh, town there's so many but like when you have vocals on them and they're produced and they're like pretty done and you're like this is a hit song this is a hit song yeah. and then it just sits in your notes and nobody ever hears it oh. it's dreadful yeah and sometimes i don't know i kind of get scared to give songs away now for that reason yeah because i need hits just as bad as anybody else yeah but also, like, my songwriting really gives me good security and makes me not have to do desperate things as an artist. Yeah. So it's a, it's kind of a catch-22 of figuring out the what's, what's the right move because, you know, hopefully this is not the last good song you ever write. So yeah. it's hard to be too precious with them. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> if it could break records, you might as well sing it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because... It, does it help now that you've got like you're with a label and you've got a manager and like that because I, I guess for th sure that's the sort of stuff that would really help when you've got someone that's been there done it all before like, and Definitely. especially like when you've got <clears throat> someone you can trust too 100% man like that's that's what I love about Will my new manager is him and Wiz have been together for like 16 years or something they started it together and they're still running strong and I'm a real loyal dude and I don't want a lot of different people in my, mm. in my group. You know what I mean? I like to keep my circle tight and keep them forever. So yeah, stuff like that has been long-term games, long-term people. Yeah. To know that that's the play, like they're not trying to just like make a quick buck, like a lot of managers and stuff in town. That's real attracted to me. And, 
my label was the same way. Warner stuck with me, you know, when FGL broke up and mm. they've been great to me. They've been patient with me. Um, they let me be way more involved than most artists get to as far as creatively. I, I pretty well get to pick the songs. I get to write all the music video treatments myself and I really get to be hands on and make it what I want to be. And they've gave me the time to, to do that because we could have put some of those radio songs out right off the rip and been to where we want to be a lot quicker. Mm. But it, I feel like it would have lost, it would have lost the sauce. Yeah. And thankfully like them being patient with me, but also like now that it's going they're they have gas. Yeah. So they're ready to just like, once you start a fire, they're all ready to dump it on there. Fuck. And, it's cool, man. Like I just it's pretty sick. I'm excited. I'm, I'm Thank excited you, man. for you, dude, because it's such a yeah. When you feel like you're on the precipice of something, you know, you feel like you've done all the work. You know, mm. you've put in so much time. You haven't got one song. You've got you know, you've got a bunch of these things ready to rip. And yeah, it feels cool. You just been waiting and waiting and waiting and putting in the work, you know. And it's like it feels like now the steps are kind of laid out. Yeah, it's almost like I've just been riding a million practice laps and I finally get to race. You know what I mean? That's the best <laughs> yeah. way I can put it. It's like, dude's been fast for a while, but nobody ever got to see him ride. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Now, that, now that I practice can, track warrior. Yeah. So it's cool to like to finally have some shows being booked again and stuff because it's been slow for a few years. Just I was writing songs for other people and I was trying to find myself as an artist, so we were kind of keeping it all tight because I didn't want to I didn't want to sell a big narrative to people that wasn't me. And mm. the first few years of writing and stuff, you're like really exploring and really trying shit out. And, you know, it takes a minute to figure out what's you, I feel like. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you, and do you feel like you kind of found that lane? I think so. Finally, man. Um, I realized my song stuck. It was two or three years ago. And that was like the music I really wanted to make. It's kind yeah. of dark. But everybody was like, no, you can't be the emo country guy. And then Wallen has a couple emo country hits, and everybody's like, hey, Red, what about them old songs you had? So it's kind of it's kind of cool because it's what I've been wanting to do a long time. Yeah. So I was really thankful Jack and Diet Coke is the one that went because yeah. that's that stripped back melodies but kind of rappy. Like you can't really coin it. You don't really know what it is. It's yeah. just is what it is. That's my kind of stuff. Yeah. And it took a while for that to be acceptable and for people to want to hear that. But now that it is, it's it's cool because that's it's what I wanted to do the whole time. Yeah. So it's it feels easy to maintain that and keep it up when it's like genuinely what I want to make. Mm. So I don't have to go in there like, ah, I need a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just like that's just the kind of shit I write. So hopefully people keep, you know, relating to it and being drawn to it because it was it's just me so and i guess if they don't i don't know we'll see where it goes but yeah. i don't know if i'll i don't know if i would change it yeah because now that i know i can win doing the kind of music i love i don't i don't want to cater to false stuff you know i don't want to do something that's, that i don't want to sing 20 years from now because if one does blow up you're stuck with it forever yeah man yeah and you want to get stuck in a cycle of you do the thing that fills up your own cup to be cliche. Like you want to do mm -hmm. the thing, you want to be selfish in what you make and what you produce. 100%. And then you want people to 
resonate with that and it gives them something so you're mm. creating this thing that gives you something and then you're giving it out to the world and then it gives those people something and then that in turn gives you something like mm. you end up in like a really great cycle when you're For making sure. things selfishly and you're you know you're you're serving your own interests mm. but then by doing that you're also serving the interests of other people like that's the magic spot yeah it's weird it seems like when i try to point one at what would the people like nobody cares for it and when i just write from my heart and i write what i like it seems like people usually you know like you're saying that's usually the one that wins mm. but just the one you're the most self-conscious about and yeah it's, yeah, and it's yeah. the one you want to show off the least and so really it's true, the bro. one so and, but you sit true. and you overanalyze it because it's such a piece of you mm-hmm. that sometimes it's hard to share but those are always the ones so dude I'm, I'm trying to get out of my own way a little bit that's a hard that's a hard balance man like there's been a few podcasts that i've sort of sat and i'm like oh that's a lot you know like i went deep they went deep like but Mm. then it's like you know you don't know how the other person feels but at least for me i'm like fuck i don't know if i really would want to put that out and then it's like well you can't edit all this shit out like it's just yeah because if you start cutting one thing out you cut everything out and then it's nothing yeah. yeah and so then you put it out and then people are like man that fucking episode and you're just like fuck that's, yeah i mean you sucks that that's the one that goes so good because that was the <laughs> hardest one to put out you know but <laughs> yeah i don't know sometimes it's a little bit relieving to know you ain't alone or yeah or to like somebody that you look up to be like oh they dealt with that too yeah yeah it Did, makes it hurt a little less sometimes or fuck yeah you a little hope like there is some light at the end of the tunnel because yeah sometimes it sucks and it is no power and no hot water and yeah peanut butter sandwiches yeah dude (laughs) you know what i mean lincoln park for me like when i was a kid that was like my number one favorite band and like (laughs) i listened back to that shit now i'm like this is so dark bro like but i was i was in that place as a teenager you know like being a teenager would where I grew up, like, at least to me, it felt really fucking hard. And it's yeah, like, totally. I needed that shit, like, to, I don't know. It's like, it gave you exactly what you said. It's like, I'm not the only one that's dealing with They, they like, made mm-hmm. my soundtrack, in a sense. Yeah, when I would hear, like, a really rich rapper or a famous country singer singing some stuff that I was going through, I was like, it was kind of like encouraging and kind of not because I'm like, oh, shit, you mean if you're rich, it still sucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but also I'm like, hey, it happens to everybody. Yeah. So I ain't the only guy. So I'm going to like try to look up today instead of at the ground. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's so, mm-hmm. it's so funny being fucking broke. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is, ain't it? <laughs> and you're just thinking like all uh, my shit would be solved with fucking money. Yeah, and then it ain't. You yeah. just got different problems. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And I'm like, fuck! I thought they would go away. Yeah, yeah. I'm still me. Yep, <laughs> it's still going on. What was the What was the most like impactful music when you were growing up? What was the first Man. music you remember like really loving for what it was? Not just listening to, but Black, loving Black Sabbath. Ooh, okay, I like it. The guitars were so heavy and dark. And then yeah. Ozzy's voice just ripped through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my shit. When really? when I got a guitar, that was the first song I learned was Paranoid. Yes. All right. Yeah. Did, so you played instruments and shit as a kid? Yeah, so my dad worked at Gibson Guitar for like 20 years. No way. Yeah, so we always had guitars around. Hell yeah. He wasn't a player or anything. He could play a little bit. He but build the he shit was, out of He him. was just a good painter. Yeah, right. So uh, we always had guitars around, but yeah. it just wasn't something that like... 
I didn't think there was any opportunity in it. I didn't know how I'd ever start a band or anything like that from White House, Tennessee. So I just played for fun. And then when I got about 16, we had a house full of guitars that he had painted over the years, and we started selling them to go race. No way. So then eventually there was no more guitars, and it was just all dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wish I had some of them guitars back so bad now. Man, that would have been cool. How long did he work there for? I think 19 years or something. He was there quite a while. And he was like a painter, guitar painter. Yeah, so he worked um, He worked his way up. At, he just started as like sweeping and shit, and he had painted cars and stuff, I guess previously when he was younger so he finally got a shot to paint and then ended up working i mean he did stuff for billy joe armstrong and zach wild and well uh, he he ended up being like a custom guy and he would build guitars for artists and design new colors so it was pretty cool like anytime they put out a guitar with a color he used they would give him one so like after a few years we had all these sick guitars and but no use for them at the time because we were just so into moto so what a trip dude i know man sold the guitars for bikes and then sold, sold the, bikes the bikes for, for guitars, guitars man <laughs> <laughs> it's like god was really wanting me to do that from and the jump from the jump yeah, but i yeah. just didn't get it didn't care enough whatever it literally took me breaking my arm in the georgia dome to be like That's he it. doesn't want me to ride dirt bikes like this for some reason dude what? Because because even when I got a crazy opportunity, something like that would happen. Yeah, I would be like, "Oh, he's blessing, he's blessing this. He wants me to do it." And then I'd snap myself off, and I'm like, "No, nah, I was wrong. I wanted me to do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's so crazy that your dad worked for Gibson Guitars in, yes, in Nashville for all those years. Are they in Nashville? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and as a kid, like stuff was so lax in the '90s and 2000s, but he would take me in there and. They had all these scrap guitars that they would just chip yeah. if, if they were blemished or whatever. So he would strip them down and let me paint them. No so I would come in at, like when he was working overtime doing customs and I would just be spraying guitars in there, you know, whatever color I wanted. And then they'd chip them. No but way. it was cool to be around. I yeah. never realized how impactful it was. Like, I don't know, him bringing home the little pearl inlays from Zach Wilde's guitars. Like, it's the actual ones. And... It was just wild to like have your hands on that stuff as a kid because yeah. it seems so like far away. Yeah, I don't. I was like, how did you get there, and how did that guy get there? And yeah, and I guess stuff like that's what planted those little like little seeds, seeds in my head early yeah. on to dream and think that you could do bigger stuff than yeah what you what you've seen already. You know, yeah, because that that is your vibe. You know, like you were the guy that always thought you could be something. You know, and like it's not easy to be that guy a lot of times you know especially like for the most of, the most of your life you ain't gonna be shit no <laughs> you man, say, you just so, so like you're that guy that thinks you could be anything and you're not that guy for a very long time <laughs> it's like kind of hard to be that dude yeah bro because you're like all in you're yeah. like this is it and then it's not it <laughs> then yeah. you gotta reinvent yeah and it's just it's tough sometimes but, but i finally feel like i'm where i'm supposed to be yeah yeah and with so much experience and so much kind of life to draw from you know for sure whether it's writing or just like knowing how to navigate the uncertainties and all the ups and downs i mean even just like going down the 405 for the first time bro with that today <laughs> yeah no shit. i was i mean i've been in a tour bus i guess through here but i've never been driving myself but 
I've drove around the whole rest of the country racing dirt bikes in a little Nissan Frontier. So, like, it ain't that much different. There's two or three more lanes and people going a little crazier. But, like you said, all that living got us ready for yeah. for all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then you just end up being a dude that's had a lot of life experience and you've met so many mm-hmm. people and you can, you know, like you would have seen so many different walks of life. Yeah, it's cool. And I, I don't know, man, it's... I feel like uh, I'm pretty lucky, like mm. I, like I said, because I, I I I didn't never win a Supercross or nothing, never never made a main, but I still got to live that dream. I still got to see the lights. I still got to ride the tracks. Still got to give it a shot, you know. And I don't know, man. From where I'm from, like I said, most people don't ever make it out of there. Mm. You get married, you have kids, you work your nine to five till you're gone, and yeah. you don't ever leave that town. Yeah. And I just always wanted to. Mm. I just my mom always told me like, well, that guy playing football is doing it. Like somebody had to do it. Mm-hmm. Ricky Carmichael started one day too. She's you know, she was just such a like she had so much faith and belief in God and in me. She's like, they had to do it once, so mm-hmm. you can do it too. What did your mom do? So my mom was a school bus driver. Yeah, and she cleaned houses. No shit. Yep. That's that's so, as. Uh, that's as like southern as you can get you know oh, just yeah, like bro. a hard working mom that's just taking care of shit yeah she did everything she could like we didn't have it good enough she could just be a stay-at-home mom but yeah. but she worked jobs like she drove a school bus so she could so take she me could to be, school yeah yeah like she made sure she did shit so she could be around even though everybody had to really work yeah and uh so having her around all the time like my dad was working a lot i was definitely a mama's boy yeah but she she just pushed me but like gently she was just always like you can do any you can literally do anything you want to yeah because anybody that's doing it like had to dream it up once or whatever like somebody gave them a seed and then they ran with it so yeah and she she was from a little coal mining town in kentucky and none of our family ever did anything but you know go to the service or dig coal or whatever they did you know it was not nobody ever did something to make us think you could do more mm. but she just always told me and my sister that we could yeah so we just always dreamed like hell and chased it and both found our way to you know where we are now dude it's so cool what did you ever have anyone in your life that like did make it that you could see and kind of gave you a little <laughs> bit of of like extra hope in a sense man not not really growing up i mean i just I'd look at Emig and McGrath and people like that and just try to draw off of that hope, you know, mm. but nobody in my hometown ever like made it to the NFL or made it to the NBA or was like racing anything. Like it was just pretty like humble, hardworking country folks. So mm. I didn't really have a lot of examples, but I just remember being a kid and like whatever first or second grade i wanted to be a pro dirt bike rider in australia that was like what why australia, <laughs> australia. i don't know but that i was so specific but i was always like that's rare. i think hell. i can get the hell out of here i don't know why even as a kid i was like i think i can do something bigger than than this town that's so wild eh? man the whole uh oh shit oh sorry you're good am i cool to take this real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah we'll cut it out yeah, yeah just yeah. real fast sorry oh, you good. yo what's good What's good? Get that video? Oh, no, I didn't, bro. I'm doing the Gypsy Tail podcast right now. Did you hit me with the helmet video? Yep, yep. Oh, shit. This is worthy. What's that? Shoo! 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> the custom jack lid. Dude, that's dope. Yeah, so we're just in here talking shit, bro. I can't believe that. Let's go. Are you wearing that on Friday? Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's going to probably still be wet lacquer. He just finished painting it today. Dude, I love that. <laughs> no, it's good, dude. We, we cure shit in the oven around here. Yes, let's go, cuz. Thank you for letting me take this call. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> we'll keep my, it in that's, the, that's we'll my first custom, video. bro. I never had a custom lid. Give him a shout out. Who is it? AP Designs, Alex Paul. AP Designs, baby. The one and only. If you need a helmet, that's where you go. Oh, you don't go nowhere else. That I'd stand in the pod then. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Well, that's so nasty, bro. Sorry I didn't get back to you yet. We've just been in here talking shit. Yep, so, hey, uh, what do you call it? I'm going to, uh, I can't spend any more time on my feet today, so I'm going to head home. Are you planning on coming down and grabbing this thing? Yeah, bro, for sure. Is there going to be anybody there, or where do you want me to come uh, Come get it? I'll just text you my house address. You can just roll by there. It's yeah. only two miles from my shop. Yeah, bro, please, just send it to me. As soon as we wrap up, I'll, I'll start heading south. Sounds good, brother. All right, much love. Thank you. Peace. Hell so, yeah. So dope, bro. Legend. I never had a custom helmet. That, Me neither. That would be a dope feeling. Here, I got to slide it to you, and then we can get back to the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy, though. Check him out. That's fucking legit. Dude, that feels good, huh? Yeah, that's kind of... I'm sweating. I feel like uh, Step Brothers, man. It is Sweating it, right it, now a little bit. It gets hot in your air. It kind of sucks. No, I didn't even because of that. <laughs> I wasn't until I got that... Uh, that is fucking that. dope, bro. How was um? Shit, that's crazy. How was uh? See, stuff like that doesn't make sense. Fucking sick, eh? What gear are you wearing? Fox. Uh, okay. Got me a little fox deal. Oof, I love that. Which that's another thing, bro. I was chasing my dream, whole life. Bro. That's the dream. I, I could never even get a discount on some fox. Dude, that's and, crazy. Uh, thankfully, my dude Tyler Hayes over there. Yeah, yeah. You he, know, have uh, you met Austin there yet? Yeah. So I think whenever. He used to send some stuff to T-Hub, and yeah. every now and then I would get a little doggy bag, too. Yeah, you know, they yeah, would send yeah, me some yeah. bones every now and then. Yeah. But uh, it's just crazy. That's like the pinnacle. Yeah. Everybody in my hometown had a fox head on the back of their truck. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't even ride. Yeah. But, like, our like, our era, that was a shit. Fuck yeah, dude. Ricky so, Carmichael. Like, yeah, bro. Did you see that Unadilla gear that they did? Oh, the Cowie team. Yeah, I was begging. I was like, please, I know you got a 32 and a large. And that shit was lit, bro. One day. I ain't I ain't that popping yet, but maybe maybe next year. Yeah, it's coming. It's yeah. coming. Um, Anyways. Couple, I got, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I got a couple ways I want to go right now. What was Jack Daniels' reaction to the song? Man, they've been so supportive and so amazing. Really? Yes, dude. That's they, cool. Sometimes stuff like that's kind of weird. And I think it's mainly because I write songs that are kind of like genre bending and a little early. Yeah. So like I wrote one for Mossy Oak, but it was a rap song. Mm. And they're like, and eh, we love it, but it's a little out of our wheelhouse. wheelhouse. Yeah. So it was just cool to finally be like accepted by somebody that you showed love to. Yeah. But yeah, they're like, man, the song's got 4 million streams at the time when we were talking. They're like, it's got 4 million streams and it says Jack like 16 times. That's a lot of people hearing Jack. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah. like, you damn straight it is. And so what was like, they reached out to you after it or how did it, how did it kind of go down? Yeah. So my, my buddy over there, he's a good friend now, man. Uh, his name's Greg. Yeah. Jack Daniels. 
he had been seeing the videos on Instagram and I guess Warner Brothers reached out to him too just to because they already had a relationship because of some other artists at Warner and uh he's like I, I guess he had already knew about it a little bit and um shit they just invited us down there for a tour to just come get to see it like see how the whiskey's made i've heard it's pretty rad eh, the tour bro it's crazy if you're ever, next time you're in nashville yeah. i'll take you dude i'd love that it's pretty sick yeah. but they they let us run around the whole place we filmed them damn social media videos all over the place they let us drink the whiskey and i mean even stuff like that jack daniels is a huge brand and i'm like hey can i get some logos i really want to do a helmet like monster does except for y'all and they're like fuck yeah and they send sick. send them straight over and like as a Tennessee boy, Jack is like the pinnacle. Any, I mean, it's that's mother's milk, baby. Yeah, you know, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. For them to like be that welcoming and inclusive, because you know, a lot of big brands are very exclusive, tight, tight, yeah, tight, so yeah, scared yeah. of what what Legal something teams might do and all that sort of shit. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, they're able to see through all that and see who the person is, and they're like it's not that risky <laughs> it's yeah not as risky as everybody acts like to support somebody you know what i mean so yeah it's been amazing dude it's i, I don't know I, I got a barrel chair in my house like i like to show you that when we're done with the interview but like they hooked me up bro we went down there and had a time like i told them legit whenever i'm old and retired i want to come down there and work <laughs> that's so serious barrels of whiskey yeah bro there's one guy there his job is to just burn ricks of wood into charcoal and he and he starts it with starts a fire with whiskey and he sits there for hours till it's burnt the perfect amount and then puts it out and he just sits by a fire all day every day tending a fire and that's his job and he gets paid hella good for it wow and i'm like man i would love to sit by a bonfire for a job one day that is that's my kind so of shit sick but, but it was it was impactful man yeah and it's inspired new songs and okay they're having me down Dude, there you could write a, a song about that guy oh 100 percent. you already know yeah 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 i did one thing about that i just got yeah uh, man i just got a tyler childers coal <laughs> in the back of my head just <laughs> yeah. play just then uh, dude that's so rad um yeah it's been really sick i'm super thankful for their support yeah because it's I don't know. Everybody and their brother talks about Jack. Yeah. And uh, they don't, uh, I don't know. They do show a lot of people love, but they're also like. Pretty specific. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't go at them for some reason. Maybe they assume they're so big. They like, yeah, ain't going to give them no love back, but they're like the coolest brand I've ever worked with so far, whether it was motocross stuff or music, like, yeah, it's all people that live in the town and like really love the whiskey. And like the, the whole brand is like, Anyways, enough of the jack ad, but it's, nah, they're all what, real what people, man. It it's in? crazy. It's in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Okay, whereabouts is that in relation to Nashville? Probably an hour and a half south. Okay, cool. Yeah, and they do tours all the time. You know, you can I've go, heard, yeah, you I've can heard go do people, one anytime, do was, the whiskey tasting. I was trying to think if someone um, someone else told me that it was, like, really, really good, the tour. Yeah, it's cool. Like, they take you and you have lunch at this little place, and it's, like, family style dining you sit with people you don't know and they just like spin the food around you serve yourself it's it's crazy but it's my kind of shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they uh when we we're talking about those southern towns and you were just saying like no one really makes it out of those towns like mm -hmm. i was just in south carolina last week racing and um 
we just went through like gray court south carolina and there was just fucking no one there bro and it's just like those yeah, they're not like weird. they're not like trailer homes but they're just kind of like the long skinny mm. i don't even know what you call those like things. one story just just like flats. just literally like a it looks like a trailer home but it's like not a trailer it's just that size and it's just a box just a brick rectangle. yeah and there's just like five of them there and it's like that's fucking real you know that that is yep. the south and uh, not a lot of people get to see i mean i don't even think a lot of americans really understand how south the south is no man it's it's a kind of a thing and until you've like experienced it it's there ain't nothing like it mm. and that's kind of both sides of the coin like up in the coal mining towns where my mama was from that's where i feel like that's where people go missing and stuff you know what i mean it's a whole different kind of yeah there's a whole different kind of hood in them woods yeah like, yeah but then there's also like the most kind for sure bro. give you the shirt off their back feed you yeah before they eat kind of folks down there yeah i don't know it's pretty laid back there's something about the south though that kind of that kind of i don't know it just exudes that like i was I was there the other day and I had to go buy some batteries for some mics. We're doing some live shit. Mm-hmm. We didn't have batteries. So I'm like driving around and none of the gas stations had double A batteries. <laughs> and I finally get to one and there was this dude. He looked like a vet, like a Vietnam vet or something. He only had mm-hmm. one arm and he like walks in and he's like, he's like, how much is this beer? And I thought in my head, I was like, damn, if you got to ask how much that beer is, like it's probably too much. Yeah. So then I was like, hey man, let me get you that beer. You know? Hell yeah. So I just bought this random dude. That's what I'm talking about. But that's the South, bro. You yeah, know? bro. Like, that's that how it is. That shit just came out of me. That's sick. He ain't even from there and Southern hospitality's creeping out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, man, if you have to ask too much, give me that shit. Like yeah. I'll buy that beer for you. I'm me. bad it's about that. It's a hot that. ass day, bro. Like mm. you need this Bud Light. Yeah, if you got to ask, you need that beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. My girl gets on my ass sometimes because I'm bad about that. Just, just buying shit, people. Yeah, for other folks. Yeah. Just because and whatever we ain't even gonna talk much about it but i know how it is to not have a buck yeah, so like if yeah. you're sitting there counting your change to pay for whatever i got five dollars right here. i don't have much but i got five that we don't have to count yeah so just yeah. take your shit keep your two dollars a change and buy yeah. you one tomorrow yeah no, because, because it's hard to come by two dollars sometimes hell yeah out there where there's no work for an hour and man that's the you thing know what i mean that- like that's the thing about it's those tough. towns, eh? Like, and that's what I was thinking. Like, what are you doing if you're in Great Court, South Carolina? You know, not much. I mean, where I'm from, you might do tobacco or soybeans or corn, or mm-hmm. you did construction. Otherwise, you had to drive to Nashville or you had to drive up to Kentucky because there just wasn't like, yeah. there's not industry there. There's not, you know, there's a little mom and pop restaurants and there's a McDonald's and all that, but that shit's that's all sucked up pretty quick. So yeah, there's not. There's not a lot of people, but there's not a lot of opportunity either for the ones that is. So it's, mm. I think a lot of people don't even ever want to try to make it out or, or do no better just because it's kind of all we know and all we've ever seen. And I don't know, it's, you know, because yeah. you, you've done it time and time again, but it's hard to climb out of them holes sometimes. And sometimes it's, it'd be easier just stay in there, I think. Dude, 100%. And, and, you know, like I can think back to some, like I had a, he's not my blood uncle, but we called him Uncle Glenn, and mm-hmm. um, he was just this crazy fucking dude. He's one of my dad's best friends, and mm-hmm. he just always had something. Like he invented didgeridoos that played themselves, and like, just like all this, you know. Like he was just <laughs> yeah. that guy, and he he ended up he made like the world's first mountain bike movie, and he just he That's was wild. always doing shit, and it never really hit for him until he was kind of like in his forties, uh-huh. and um, now he, he's a 
fucking just kills it like fully murders sick, it but it? um but yeah he was like the one dude in my life like my dad worked for the city my mum mm-hmm. worked for a brick factory and there was no one in my town ta- none of my family had ever gone to university like was just high school and that's mm-hmm. it and it's like they're all amazing people but like i definitely didn't have a much of a what's possible kind of thing but i had him you know and like yeah and i had that i had one guy that kind of like planted that seed and so much of what i did i look back and i kind of thank him for that in a sense you know like just yeah, totally. giving me that look like dude he'd come home from japan and have an mp3 player with like <laughs> remember bomb funk mc's freestyle i don't know if i know about that bro you, you, had, know to that put, song? you had to put me on that or i might just be lit right now all right like, let's let's see you surely gotta know this fucking song this this was like this was one you know what i said yeah, i'm like, losing cred right now you know what you know what i said like the first song that you really like or the first type of music this was one of those songs for me yeah first one you just get really go into i feel like you'll know it i'm bad about movies and songs i'm bad about knowing them when i hear them or see them Listen to this but one. i can't remember names of stuff or anything you never heard this I don't know. I had to hear him come in. I guarantee you I have. No, bro. You never heard no, this? bro. It just turned on me. I didn't wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Where is they from? Are they from here? I have no idea. My uh. But that's so. That's what you used to be jamming on. Well, dude. So like, I was just a kid. I, I might have been like thirteen or fourteen. And uh-huh. uh, my uncle, he this so the uncle Glenn, he he comes back from Japan, <laughs> and he like bought an MP3 player. This shit. was before iPods, before any of that shit. Mm. He bought me a Sony MP, MP3 player from Japan. I think I had like a Walkman at this time. That's but like, wild. And it, it had that one, it had one song on it and it was that, that song. <laughs> yeah. But he was a guy that I could look to. He kind of mm. was inspiring in that sense. Like he was doing something other people weren't doing. And like he was, yeah. uh, and to me, he'd made it, you know. Oh, so yeah, like, if you're going to Japan from where I'm from, you made it for sure. <laughs> yeah. But so, you know, there's so many people that if you come from a town and you don't have that kind of, uh, you don't have anyone like that to look up to. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it is. It's not, not like it's easy to stay down, but it's like if that's all you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing is like, it's not even like people choose it. Yeah. They just don't know. What's possible. They don't know any better. They have never seen any better than that. So that's just like, for, even for me, that was the bar for a while. It was just like, hope I could go pro at football or motocross so I could live the perfect small town life. You know, yeah. like it wasn't really to be doing all the other stuff yeah. until you get out and see a little more of the world and eat a little more food and taste a couple of different things. And then you're just like, there is something besides this little place oh man but i always go back too yeah as much as i travel i always end up back yeah in in tennessee for some reason yeah dude the south is just beautiful though just in general like it's such a i like it pretty good dude i'm the same man like i greenville apparently is pretty dope like i feel like that's one of the places a lot of people are moving it seems pretty sick yeah that's out near uh daniel ain't it uh where is he at yeah, 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 yeah. He's in Greenville. So yeah. that's why I was there. I was at his track the mm-hmm. other day. But, it looked um, sick, by the way. Fuck, it was cool. Did you have fun? <laughs> yeah, it was good, dude. Yeah, it was really cool. I rode Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But Hell, um, yeah. yeah, that whole area is just like just fucking sick. And mm. it's funny what you're saying about them woods, you know, like you just, 
the pit, if you've never been to the south, like you've just got yeah. woods with just the vines that grow mm. all over them. So it's like you can't see shit in or out of that. You know, like you go walking a couple mile in them woods, like good luck getting out. Yeah, sometimes we're like I'll be walking my dog where we're at, and I'll be like, she starts staring off, you know, and I'm yeah. like, what? What's in there that I don't know about today? A whole lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she can go missing quick yeah. in there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What's it like where you're from? It's it's similar, but it's rainforest. Hell, so I grew cool. up. I grew up in a in a town called Cairns, mm-hmm. which is like the easiest way to describe it is Great Barrier Reef. So that's the oh, place shit. that you fly into to go scuba diving and snorkeling and all that shit. That's wild. So we grew up in a town like 20 minutes south of that town. So, so did just, you do a bunch of that growing up? Yeah, more fishing. Yeah, I didn't really do much scuba diving and shit. That more, that would freak fishing. me out for some reason. I think still kind of does freak me out. Eh? My wife goes scuba diving and shit. I'm does like, she? Fuck all that. I wish I whatever that fear thing is. Like, why would we jump a dirt bike a mm. hundred feet, but we don't want to go twenty underwater? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's up with that. I need Dude, to probably dig on that. I used to be scared <laughs> of the dark, though, bro. Oh, bro, you're the only one running past a bed, try to hop on that thing real quick before something grabs your foot. Yeah, dude. I was thinking <laughs> yeah, the other day, know. randomly, I don't know, I was, I'm staying at this house by myself. I think it's because I've been living in apartments for a while, Yeah. and I'm like living in a house at the moment, and everyone was out of the house, and it was just me, and I, was, I remember thinking... Fuck, I would have been scared of this when I was a kid. Uh-huh. You know, like... You, yeah, totally. You'd, like, lock the door behind you, but then you're, like, walking to your room, like, still looking at the fucking door the <laughs> Like, whole something time. still yeah, came like in behind could you. could be there. That's funny. We're just alike, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, I don't know. You won't see me scuba diving too deep, though, I don't think. Nah. I just don't need it. Nah. That's like skydiving and shit. Never. Yeah. I'd have to be like 99 or something and just like done it all. It'd be a good way to go out if you (laughs) were like ready to check out. Yeah. But that'd be the only way because I just, I don't want to go like that. Man, I fucking saw a dude. What'd you say? Saw somebody? Hit the ground on a fucking parachute, bro. It was in Dubai or probably should say I might cut that bit out. Uh, But yeah, either way. (laughs) It was, uh, it was at a place I was staying and yeah, in the middle of a track, bro. There was like a airport right next to uh mm-hmm. the track and like a drop like a landing zone and yeah old mate fucked up and just hit the ground bang came around came around and old mm-hmm. mate was fucking splat on the ground that's tough it see stuff hectic, like that like dude you can pull it just right and it don't go fuck yeah i don't fuck with that so uh, that, <laughs> that dude hits the ground okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right. So he hits the ground, and then 
we were just like, I think we were, fuck, it was like two hours. We were just standing there waiting for like the paramedics and the, they come and get him and like the cops and the whole thing. So we just like got the parachute, put it over the guy so that Damn, you couldn't, couldn't see. Yeah, dude, this was in. Like, That's horrible that you had to see that. This was in like February. So, oh, so that happened kind yeah, of recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then get this a week later, I had a meeting with a, a there was a company called me about, uh, doing some like advertising for like this skydive skydive, this like skydive place and i'm like i don't know if i can sell it bro yeah (laughs) that's tough that's a hard sell right now i just had to go through yeah yeah i'm like i like money but i just don't know if i can fucking do this like i don't know if i can sell that product bro and then another few days later i had a friend who does the marketing for like a learn to skydive company mm-hmm. and he hits me up and he's like hey this company wants to like put you through the course and i was no. like one two three all those things i'm like hey man i just gotta tell you that i ain't ever fucking jumping no out of the way <laughs> why are they try to chase you down so hard the, I, man it was the, i definitely would not be going if it was looking for me that hard either Nah, it was <laughs> you wouldn't catch me out there it was crazy dude this guy just landed <laughs> fucking bang in the middle of the track and i I was like, dude, what the fuck? I can't even imagine. Life's going so good until it's not. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. Yeah, bro. And that would be fast. That was a, sorry to take you on a weird Oh, tangent, no. Bro. No, you're good. <laughs> we talk real shit. That's, but yeah. It was, that happened. That was a fucking weird day, man. I couldn't believe it, eh? But that's why, you know, you know why scary shit's fucking scary? For that reason. It can fuck you up. I know, man. Like the... The dudes that did the submarine thing. Imagine that. No, dude, just crunching like that. Oh, that it would can't be, be. That would be quick. Can't. I mean, I guess I hopefully didn't even know, but that's just not. That's not it. No, dude. Imagine, Send a GoPro down there. That's really, really good, man. Yeah, you don't have yeah, to be yeah. down there to see it. Yeah, dude. Imagine. It must just get so boring being that rich. You know what I, I mean? Yes. I mean, what would. I wonder what would convince somebody to think that was a good idea. Just like you would just have yeah. to have done it all, I guess. That's what that's what I don't I, know. That's what I'm thinking. It's like well, you just got so much money that you've done everything else. It's like what else is there to do? You could you could go to the Titanic. Oh, fucking sign me up. Let's go. As soon yeah. as I saw the Xbox controller, bro, I'm out. No, bro, that was like PS one and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they was messed up. I've seen uh I've seen you know James Cameron did it? No, you know, like bro. the Titanic director. Oh, really? Yeah, so he... He took a trip down there before it... But, like, in a real submarine. Oh, yeah. Like, he spent a fucking grip of money, See, like, that's making how, a Why proper, would you not? If you're really that rich, why not be in something that is safe? So, when you, when you see what he did it in... Like, I watched a documentary on it years mm-hmm. ago, right? So, then you see what he did it in, and then the new story comes out about a missing <laughs> fucking sub, and then you see that, you're like, oh... They're in a fucking ice cream punnet <laughs> with an yeah, Xbox they blew that controller. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I've seen one that works, and I can tell that ain't it. That one doesn't work. No, bro. But I feel like it would have been quick. They reckon it's like 0.3 of a second. It would have just gone from, like, oh, like the space that it was in to just done. I hope for their sake. That's was, crazy. Imagine just fucking the panic that you'd feel being in that like when the controller quits going or the lights go yep. out or whatever man yep something has to nobody knows how long they really sat down there for it happened that's yep. the part that would get me yeah it might not have been that fast it, yeah so like the 
the, I'd say like the ending would have been quick. But damn, you're in the waiting room waiting for that to happen. No, nah, bro, we already in the waiting room, but that's just dread. <laughs> I can't do that. And imagine you like you'd be that billionaire dude that's got all that money. You would feel like the biggest fucking idiot being down there on that thing. It wouldn't feel good. Nah, you'd just be like, why the fuck did I, I did not need to do this? Would you ever go on a submarine? Like a legit one? Yeah, oh, like if yeah. it was like a Navy submarine or like one that... I still don't know if I would. Really? I mean... But you, you go on a plane. It's just like a submarine that's in the yeah, air. Yeah, I'll be having to talk myself down every time too, though. You really? <laughs> I mean, not really, but you really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. You're high up there. Yeah. I, I just feel like most of the time if something does happen, it's going to be hard to ride it out. Yeah. But most of the time, nothing happens. No. So don't worry about that shit till it does. Yeah, the flying, it's kind of crazy how good we've got flying. Yeah. Like, we figured it out. Yeah, they got it dialed pretty good. Like, for the most... Mm. <laughs> for, yeah, I know. For the, for the most part. I'll be shaking on the way back to Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Man, they, uh, you just would think that one would be harder than the water. It had to be. But it might be just as quick. I don't know, man. Yeah. They fucking, they figured that out though. Yeah, they got it dialed. Yeah. To, I I think it's, <clears throat> I always think it's crazy doing the long haul stuff. Like going from country to country. Yeah, and that would freak me out. Like so fucking Even today was like four hours, which, which ain't that long. But we had our dog with us. And I'm just thinking the whole time, like, what am I going to do if she does have to piss? <laughs> or, or whatever. Like, And she's an old dog too. She's an old girl too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, we're up here. I don't know how good of an idea this is. What's the longest flight you've ever done? Man, I mean, probably that. I don't know, four or five hours. I ain't never done one too long. I ain't even got a passport. Really? No, not you need yet. to get on that. I got to quick because yeah. I'll end up needing it and don't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Are you, have you done much tours yet? Um, I toured with FGL for like two years okay. writing songs. So that was something cool they did for me when I first signed my deal with them was to help me get better as a songwriter and an artist, they brought me on the road with them really? for the whole tour. Wow. And just let me see like what songs the crowd reacts to and they had me they used to have a bus that came out that would they would bring songwriters and producers on every week so they yeah. could write songs on the road. And they'd let me go out on it every week and write with the most badass dudes that I like really shouldn't have been in the room with at the time. And just I got to soak up so much shit. Dude, that's insanely valuable. So, that was really cool, but it wasn't my own tour or anything. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I guess right before COVID, I'd started touring and opening for a lot of people. And then when that happened, everything got zapped. And it's kind of been, I really haven't been playing too many shows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to get back to it. Yeah. It's kind of weird to blow up through that time. Like there's a... So weird. Yeah. Like even, um, I like Jack Harlow a lot mm -hmm. and you could hear in some of his music, he's talking about like he kind of blew up right before COVID or right kind of mm -hmm. in COVID and it's like he's doing, I guess he was doing a lot of shows as like a early artist when no one was watching, but it's like... Same. Yeah. Then you go in and you blow up and then the next lot of tours you do, you're in like fucking arenas and shit. Be crazy. I mean, it's, I'm curious to see what kind of tickets we can sell. Because the song is getting Jack and Diet Coke's blowing up pretty good, and mm. I don't know what I can sell. You mm. know what I mean? We ain't we ain't went out and tried. When's your first lot of shows? You reckon you'll do? So I'm doing some one-off stuff this fall. Cool. Um, I got a few things with Jack Daniels and a couple like 
little charity events, private events I'm going to do just to knock the dust off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then I'm just I'm going to do any festivals I can get, but it's probably mainly going to be next spring and summer. I'm I'm going to try to open up for a couple artists. I don't know who yet, but yeah. we have a few ask out, and uh, so that'll be fun. And I'm hoping by next summer, Jack and Diet Coke will be. I mean, I, that's a long ways away from now, but hopefully a year from now that thing is everybody knows it so yeah i'm praying we're out doing that jack thing <laughs> just yeah. go from nothing to yeah big rooms and because like a lot of people are out there singing and doing shows while something's blowing up mm. so they get to feel the crowd and they get to see the growth and i'm yeah. kind of like i see the numbers growing yeah, but yeah. i don't get to like yeah. i don't get to feel it yet yeah so i'm looking forward to that because that's my favorite part is I don't know. I love writing them, but I really like performing them. Oh, dude, I bet. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's funny that the internet landscape and the way that shit can mm. blow up online. Even doing this, you know, like you see, like, damn, that podcast got a million downloads. And it's yeah, just that's like, crazy. That's fucking cool. And you don't and even you have don't, to be out doing. You don't have to be out doing a show for people to see it. Yeah, but it, that's crazy. But you're like looking at the screen, and then it's just a number, and you're like, dope. It's not money. But I, feel I can't you, spend yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and it's like, not like a million people standing here watching us right yeah. now. Yeah. So sometimes I think we like, I at least me myself, I don't give myself the credit. Yeah. Because when I really look at that, and somebody's like, you realize there's like eight hundred thousand people in Nashville. So picture every person in Nashville streaming your shit this week. That's what happened. Yeah. And I'm then you're like, whoa. That, yeah. It's it's actually like we're all kicking way more ass than we give ourselves credit for it. Yeah, because the, the, we're those, that comparison and just looking at somebody else's numbers and yeah, yeah, likes and all that, man, it's toxic a little bit because we're all kicking ass and half of us don't know it. Yeah, and you, there's such a weird disconnection that you can have when mm. it's not in front of people, like when it's just on the internet or when oh, it's yeah. like a streaming number or a, like being in a crowd of let's say you do a 50,000 cap show, you know, mm -hmm. like that, that would feel way more intense than looking totally. at 50 million streams when you're just sitting in your laptop in fucking sweatpants and yeah. camo Crocs. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean, bro? The laptop, yeah. You know? I'm at home and I'm like, yeah, wow, yeah. 10 million is crazy. But also like nothing is, nothing's, nothing's really changed yeah, yet. Yeah, like I'm yeah. still sitting here. Like how do I fix my truck right now? How yeah. do I get to the track? I'm really going to ride Supercross Friday and I haven't rode Supercross in six years. I'm just like, sp I start to spiral. <laughs> yeah. And it's just not, it's not tangible, but I, th I think, yeah, you know, but I think it's cool in a sense to where like, there's nothing to lose your head about, you know, like it's kind of mm -hmm. easy to be humble when it's, when it's oh, like yeah. that, you Cause know, it's, cause it's like, it ain't really nothing much. I different. mean, there's been a little bit of like. I kind of enjoy being a recording artist and a writer. Like, I don't know. I know the shows are going to be a big grind. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of time and a lot of effort. Yeah. So, like, a little bit nervous about that flip side of the coin. I want to feel it, but I kind of like I kind of like being low-key. You know, that's, that's my thing. I, I've always been really shy and stuff, like, for the most part growing up. So to be an entertainer is kind of a weird – yeah i kind of fell into it yeah i yeah. always thought i'd be a writer i kind of gave up on the artist dreams and then just kind of got got a lucky break and a chance so i took it yeah 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 but, it's fuck it's cool man it's <laughs> it, it is gonna the touring thing is gonna be a lot though like i did um i've done a couple tours with um some bands like when we were, mm -hmm. we were filming we we're doing some like documentary stuff 
we did a Europe tour, which was crazy. And then we did a, they were on warp tour. So we did a bunch of warp tour stops. Warped and then, I bet that was fun back then, bro. Dude, it's so fucking it hot. Like crazy. It's a grind though. Cause it's oh, like every man. day I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't get many breaks. No. Nah, and it's in summer, but there's so many people that it's like way hotter than feels you know what I mean? like than than just, yeah. the, just the temperature <laughs> yeah but um yeah those boys it was a grind for them for sure just to be kind of mm. on the road but it'll just make you feel a bunch of these new new feelings you know oh it's gonna be sick i can't wait to hear people sing a song back to me Dude. like i remember first time i did a writer's round and i played a little bit and i heard people out there singing it it was the coolest shit ever to me because nobody's ever sang it back to me yeah they, yeah usually when i was open for somebody it was all unreleased music or even when i was doing the shows with seven deuce deuce i didn't have any music out mm. so i pull up and sing 20 songs nobody had a way to know because they weren't out mm. and it's it's gonna be cool to actually get to feel that with some folks oh, i'm man. looking forward to that big time you could play jack and Kai, jack diet coke right now at a show and you'd have people singing that shit from i hope man it's gonna be cool yeah I, I still haven't heard it out in the wild like it's not on the radio officially yet but like uh, i haven't heard it at a bar or like a car go by but really I'll, so it's that to me i feel like oh that song's blown up but it's still got a ways to go i mean i think so yeah it well, seems it seems like it's pretty in its infancy for sure yeah okay so how like you that song like or a hit song in general there there's mm-hmm. like a lifespan for it in a sense to where you think that it's still pretty early days for it like what's the stages that a that a hit song goes through i mean i feel like it's kind of it's kind of different all the time whether it's like one of those big viral ones that blows up quick or like a little bit i think nelly had it on the radio like two years he sang it on dick clark's new year's eve twice which is which is really rare because most of the time people do it Mm. and it's over they're on to the next so some artists really stretch it out and they make a big slow buck and then some people try to get a really big fast impactful number and then move on to the next and do it again Mm. so it's kind of different every time um i don't really have too much to base it off of i just go off what the label and people on my team say but they're like you're just getting started this is just getting started yeah well if it's not even out on the radio yet fuck dude when that hits radio man it should be i mean we had the best streaming week ever this week really so far it's like 1.2 million just in in the last week and i'm just thinking if it's on the radio and that many it's impacting that many more people i mean the way it's been multiplying is crazy already but it seems like when that happens it's gonna really be off to the races yeah because i I remember when we're at loretta's uh, I, I just it was after one of Jeff's motos and I just mm-hmm. went up to him and I just you know how'd you go blah 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 I think Brownie smoked him yeah. and uh, he was, he was regretting every life choice he ever made yeah, he came out mad <laughs> yeah. the next day and, uh, and then he was just he was just like man there's this guy who's made this this song like you gotta hear this song like he'd be awesome on the podcast like and so he was so hyped on this like genuinely like that's why i was like yeah, yeah that's sweet if, if you're that hyped on it like that's it must be something you know i mean but i didn't realize that how early it was in the piece i mean even like i was telling you though i still haven't got to hang with jeff yet yeah like he literally just liked the song enough and that i was a moto dude that he was like trying to throw me a bone and give me some love because he wanted to see it do better like he still don't know me like that that is cool man he's, that, a, good, he's a good guy and he's like 
Jeff's one of my favorites. Fro is the man to me. I remember, I don't know, maybe 98 or something yeah. when he came back to Loretta's after all the shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he, that was the first pro rider I ever like met. Really? And he had that sick ass camo shift gear on. Yep, yep. And I don't know, I didn't know anything, but I knew that dude was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was cool as shit to me and my cousin and he signed our little autographs and I, I always was a big fro fan so like for him to shout me out on instagram or him to like connect me with you or man it's like that's people that you look up to forever yeah it's it's weird yeah and especially to get it this way it ain't because i like did something dope in Supercross. It ain't because I'm Hayden Deegan. It yeah. was just like, oh, that's just a random ass kid that loves dirt bikes, and I'd like his song. Yeah, I was just like, man, why does Jeff Hammond like me? That's crazy. That is fucking crazy. Yeah, my I mean, heroes shouldn't like something I do. Well, you know yeah. what I mean, I thought you were friends the way he was talking about you. Know? I mean, I feel like we talk quite a bit now. Yeah, and we're we're gonna hang out this weekend. But yeah, I definitely would call him a friend now. I'm proud to say that. But that's cool, man. But it's still like it's still fresh you know what i mean and there's so many folks like people will be like if ricky carmichael follows you and i'm following you too and i'm like ricky follows me and i'm like going through and shit like that is bizarre to I see like, coop and all these dudes that i like you know some of them are my buddies and some of them i just respect and whatever else but the fact that they like anything i'm doing blows my mind because i don't know i just think I think these folks are the coolest dudes ever. That's what I wanted to be. Yeah. Like, they think I'm doing something sick, but they're doing what I wanted to do. So yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's really, ah, uh, shit don't feel real, kind of. Yeah, dude, I believe <laughs> Yeah, that. it's strange. Yeah. Like, yesterday, I was trying to find a track last minute to ride. I saw you post that, yeah. The only people that messaged me back was, like, Davey Millsaps, Marshall Welton. Like, no, like, rednecks in my town were like, come ride at the farm. It was all, like... Balling ass dudes like I will find you a supercross track cuz and I'm like did you get to ride nah bro I had to go get so the dog she just became a service dog yesterday yeah so So she she, went through a training yeah so I real quick so I had to go do that yesterday it was go ride or bring the dog yeah old girl couldn't come if I yeah couldn't bring the dog so you know yeah yeah had to bring my girls with me yeah yeah (laughs) so how long you anyways Say it again. How long are you out of here for? So I'll be here till Sunday. Okay, cool. So kind of a quick trip. Yeah. Came to see you. Yeah. Thank you so much, by the way. Nah, dude. I ain't even, I ain't even going to front. When you called earlier, I was like, I just talked to that motherfucker. That's sick. He sounds just like he does on the podcast. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I watch your shit a lot. Even when it's folks I don't really know, we try to tune in because I told her that's the only way we're going to know who they are. That's so sick. But uh, anyways, I, I come to do this and- Feld invited us out to do that celebrity supercross thing, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I hope they just let us ride the start, but I'm sure it'll be something. Yeah, so what? Uh, <laughs> I'll just play it. You're on a 450 or 250. I they said they're gonna have two strokes, four strokes, but it's all big bikes, no little bikes, no shit. What and the? usually it's 110s. Yeah, that's all so I'm I thinking. was like, hell yeah. Fuck, Where man. do I sign the waiver, dude? I, mean, I want to get in on that. I've never ridden a supercross track. I wouldn't be able to ride. Wouldn't be able to ride. I should just bring my gear and fucking show up, act like I'm doing it. I just got all the passes. Up. Yeah, Let's go. I'll talk. I'll call Sean when we get off here. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, hey, hey put I can me only in, come if Jace comes, <laughs> dude. I don't know that. I've been training, but I don't know if I've been fucking. I, I don't know if I could pull that off. Ah, uh, you could. 
What, what's your, like, what's the first port of call on a supercross track? You hitting the finish line first, or what are you doing? Probably. I feel like that's... Good little warm-up. They're pretty, like, standard. Yeah. I don't know. Rhythm sections, I feel like... You can fuck them They're up. straight, bro. Yeah. I, they're blind. You don't know how far you jump in finish line. It's usually just the one. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, it's going to be cool, though. Like, it's just... Yeah, it ought to be sick. I kind of want to do a J-Law and just rip, and just take off and start hitting shit. Fuck. But I, 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 I just ain't got the. Reddit, I ain't eh? in my bag like that right now. If I've been riding, I swear I would. They, yeah. <laughs> but I know they wouldn't have me back. Imagine just being the dude that uh, you're at, like the celebrity supercross thing, and you can just put the whole track together. Yeah, and you just go out there and, and sling, sling a fat one over to the finish line. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "Stop!" And yeah. you just sideways. Yeah. And Channing Tatum's there on a TTR fucking <laughs> one one two five, just looking yeah. like, "Damn, who the fuck is that dude?" Just yeah. like got the mullet flying out the yeah, back. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Jack I, I Daniels. I told a couple of my boys, I was like, man, if I was if I was with the shit right now, I would do it. Because if you hit it, if you hit the triple and send it and you land perfectly smooth, they're not going to chew your ass. Nah, it's they're, only if you They're going to be like, yeah. And yeah. if you bomb it, yeah. then you're never coming back. Yeah, yeah. So I'll reserve that till next year or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then so you got to meet all like the label people and everything like that as well or? Where at again? I'm sorry. In, in cat like today, you went. And, oh, so. Um, oh no, it was your management. Sorry. Yeah, so my management, like I was telling you, they will manages Wiz Khalifa too. Yeah. So they got Khalifa Kush. Yeah. And of course, when I touched down, I had to yeah, go get a pack up. for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I actually was just meeting some people on the team I ain't never got to meet before. He was just blessing me with that little box for us to enjoy. <laughs> <Jam>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. Um, and then it's cool how their team is too like they're based in pittsburgh yeah but they got people in la they got people in nashville memphis so it's it's pretty sick so i'll probably me be seeing my day-to-day girl out here at at supercross try to get her out there and it's been crazy though they they've been so helpful just like working up little deals and stuff and getting people excited that should have been a long time ago yeah that's sick dude. just stuff that I don't know. They've done more in a couple of weeks than yeah than I've seen in years. So it's it's pretty sick. That's right. Wait, I'm gonna piss real quick. Yeah, rocket. Yeah, you want you need to go as well. Oh shit! I might just step out here and see what yeah, yeah. see how a girl's doing. The hell deep we are into this bad boy. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like we've been talking a minute. I don't know how long you usually go. Three hours normally. Well, like between two and a half yep. and three hours, just depending. And then do you just. No, we don't edit shit. Oh, you don't? No. Sick. No, or just, I guess unless it's one of them things that you just... Unless like, it's something that you got to take out, then yeah. I'll just leave everything leave everything in. Might um, as well. The, you were saying before that um, the first songs you were rapping over was Wiz Khalifa beats too. Yeah, 100%. Isn't that, you've had so Cushion many Orange of these, Juice, Prince of the City, all that stuff. You've had so many weird full circle moments. Oh, it's crazy. It's it really doesn't make sense some of it because i don't know like i said that was my dream that was my first goal like yeah mac miller and wiz khalifa were you know when i when i started trying to be an artist they were the most impactful on me i was about 18 and i don't know what i loved about that pittsburgh sound so much yeah but that was it for me and uh we just we were riding around on back roads in cadillacs yeah rapping over whiz beats because at the end there was always some instrumental so we'd talk our shit for the next song yeah yeah and you know it's kind of funny like you're trying so hard to get people's attention doing that nobody ever cared and then i just do my own thing and five or six years later like 
that's my that's my gang now that's my crew that's yeah. my people which is crazy fuck you're so right about that whole Wiz Khalifa Mac Miller Pittsburgh like man I still listen to Mac Miller every day same bro. every Rest damn in peace. fucking day we've been jamming him a bunch riding around lately cause I just kind of been I don't know shit's going really good but I kind of been bumming a little bit in what way I just I don't know I don't necessarily want to say depressed but just like feeling like I'm in a rut mm. sometimes I feel like uh you know you have a week where the streams go down or something or like yeah the activity on the profiles drops 100 grand and you're like shit there it goes yeah and i've just been yeah. getting in my own way honestly I to be fully honest with you just that's yeah. worrying about shit that really ain't even real yeah and no, just you, like you can't do that nah no nah. shit's too good right now yeah well and it, and it might not be this good again for a while mm. so to worry my way through the good days mm-hmm. <laughs> then when the shitty days come back you didn't fill your cup up to have any energy to get through them yeah and i think that's kind of been my thing is i've just been grinding grinding yeah. grinding since march trying to get somebody to care again yeah and i've kind of maybe i kind of quit caring a little bit just self-care dwindled yeah stuff like that that's just not the end of the world but things i need to get back together before you yeah. know before you are 30 pounds heavier and like you have six months of work to do to get back where you were yeah yeah well i mean I think that when it comes to like worrying about the numbers and all that sort of shit, like I always try and just think long game, you know, like there's just mm. the, the people that win at this like fucking Johnny cash, bro. Motherfucker died yeah. singing and doing shows. And yeah, that's know, crazy. That's how I want to go. You know, he's making his best music up until the time he years went before he died, man. And it's like, I think that, you know, like there's, uh, in the seven habits of highly effective people they say begin with the end in mind that's like one of the damn that's good one of the i think it is the first chapter of the book so it's like you gotta know where you want to go always think about the end game and the Mm -hmm. end game doesn't give a fuck about 100k streams down on a week no bro because nobody cares or ever thinks about it again you're just looking for that aggregate you know you're looking for that Mm -hmm. like where what have you done over a sustained period of time and like the most powerful law in nature is compounding you know and it's just like whether that's fitness whether that's relationships whether that's Mm. your you know the fucking the songs that you put out like i look at our youtube channel it's like just every day we're just adding videos and that video gets views on top of the other video you know so Mm. it's like i don't know it just doesn't doesn't make sense to let those little things kind of bother you if it's like if you've got the end in mind you know yeah you're right you ain't worried about the signature if you see the picture yeah that's what my that's what my old man used to say yeah yeah i see the whole picture not just the signature of who who painted it that's so true eh? yeah i'm so bad at looking at the little the little details and stuff well, zooming out you know what you i mean care, though you know and i feel like for when sure you, i feel like when you've been broke so long and you when you've been down so long and you you got finally mm-hmm. have something to lose i think that fucks with people yeah for sure i think that's probably what it is more than anything i'm yeah. really good at having nothing bro, i'm I not feel really you, good bro. at having yeah i feel you dude having love having having a lot of stuff man i fuck a lot of things up mm. i'm really good at self-sabotage or just running something dry yeah knowing it's about out of gas and still keeping it wide <laughs> oh, open fuck it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and then you're like well, why did it run out yeah why am i sitting on the side of the road it's because i stayed on i stayed pedal down when i didn't need to yeah <laughs> i had it twisted sometimes yeah man i've i've definitely been through that where it's like 
especially with this periods where you have something for the first time that you're like scared to lose you mm-hmm. know and that it's like it's a lot easier from the outside it might look harder to like live the way you would have been living mm-hmm. or and that was one thing my parents used to say to me they just be like man how are you fucking down to live like this you know like you just literally gypsying around the world and you're like trying it's like that's no way to live and i'm like man mm-hmm. i don't have anything to lose like it's kind of easy to have nothing you know like yeah, what you it said is. it's e- it's kind of easy to be broke it's, yeah, kinda- it's free I, sometimes when i think about like why was i such a free spirit then it's because i had nothing to lose mm-hmm. <laughs> i yeah. was i was looking for something to worth lose. losing you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or worth not losing rather you know so yeah and then it's the same thing in like yeah relationships like you know people can love you and then you got something to lose you push it away like that's I, that's a very real thing to go through yeah man i'm the worst at that i i mean whatever this morning i'll just tell on myself but like i'm so kind to the lady at the desk so she don't get on to me about my service dog but then me and my girl get to griping at each other over something silly as hell that she don't deserve me being a dickhead yeah yeah but that's my closest person that's who i feel safest with and then it leaks out and like yeah I'm trying yeah. to cap that shit because that's uh, then it can't happen yeah 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 no i feel you though like, i don't need to happen to nobody but it shouldn't leak out on you people that's like yeah your people yeah no for sure and it but, does sometimes well and i think that the people that you're closest with are the ones that you sometimes push the hardest because like it's like they're so close that you can push them away you know what i mean Whereas, yeah because you think they ain't gonna go exactly yeah you think yeah, that they'll stick around it's a fucked up mentality yeah people don't <laughs> like some people dip some people dip <laughs> yeah yeah and, and what's scary is some of them hang on a really long time and then they dip when you least expect it because mm. they finally had enough and i don't want to run her off she's a good one she is a good chick but i but i definitely i'm definitely hell on wheels yeah so i'm a lot to handle and i'm thankful that she can yeah. do it but anyways i'm trying to get that shit together because yeah i'm too bad about just wide opening it and just pushing and pushing and pushing because that's what i do to myself yeah i feel like folks like us you know that's what you got to do yeah like you got to be kind of gritty like i'm not too nice to myself sometimes because it's kind of like that football coach yelling at you like you got to do this you don't have a choice you want to pay that light bill you're going to make this happen yeah and i i can't treat my girl or my dog or my friend or my my manager or my team or anybody around me like that so i've really been trying to like Mm. get my shit straight just love myself real good that way i can like yeah that way i'm putting out to everybody else like i need to proper because yeah everybody you know thankfully everybody with me right now they stuck with me through all the shit whether it was personal stuff or whether it was the boys breaking up whatever like yeah people see me anybody in my life right now see me through some seasons yeah so i'm trying to like make it worth their pain yeah (laughs) trying to make it worth their struggle if they hung out with me to like not make it struggle no more fuck i can relate to that too bro i feel like there's a lot of people that uh there's a lot of people that like they help you when all they've got is your potential to Mm -hmm. go off like you haven't really done it yet yeah and they're that, like, that's me yeah they're like i like i'm gonna help you because like i know you can do it but it's like the whole time they're doing it like you've got nothing to offer those people you know yeah, and 100%. it's like that's kind of how i felt yeah when i signed them first songwriting deals yeah it was like there's a hundred other guys in this town who already write hits what what are you hearing my bullshit that you think is worth giving me a shot 
because I just I didn't see it sometimes. Yeah, and I'm just thankful. Other I'm thankful other people don't have. Uh, I don't know. I guess some of these folks around me, they could just see a little clearer than I could. Yeah. And I, like I said, I was so hard on myself always that I don't know. I think maybe sometimes I didn't think it was good or something, even yeah. when it was. Yeah. So it. Yeah. And I think that there's like, you're a nice dude too. And thank I you, think brother. That there's a lot to be said for just being a fucking good guy, you know, like, cause there's a lot of dickheads in the world and I'm it's like, you, man, I don't want to be that. I've been that. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't but, like when nobody's that to me. But I know, I know, like, one of my best friends, right, he's, like, a he's dialed now. Like, we, he, it was funny, when I was doing, like, magazine stuff back in the day, mm. uh, he was selling fucking drinks and shit, you know? Like, he was working for Rockstar back in Australia back yep. in the day. And, man, like, he's made now. Like, he's fucking good. And That's sick. I look at all these things in his life. Like, it was really cool to watch his come up and to watch his growth mm. because i just got to see things happening to him because he was just the best motherfucker That's like sick. like people would look That's at what you want yeah people would look at him and they would like they would just do a deal with him purely based on how good of a guy he was it's like if you're that good of a dude that's then like sweet. I want to do business with you and it's like he just that's got who I want to be yeah 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 and I mean that's maybe that's the case with you know the people that kind of helped you out it's like yeah there's a hundred great dudes I, that can I write a that. hit but like do I want to hang out with this dude when we're not writing you know like there's a lot to be said for just like generally being a good dude well that's I appreciate that a lot man I guess I mean honestly that probably is what's got me where I am it's not because I'm the I'm, I feel like I'm one of the hardest workers, but I don't think I'm the most just naturally gifted, talented guy that can just go out there and sing the phone book. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really got to work for that shit. Yeah. I got to practice singing. I got to try to memorize it. It don't just come easy to me, and I don't – shit, man, I lose my I lose my track sometimes here when we talk in these, but – Yeah, but – What was we saying, man? Sorry. Well, just the fact that you're being – you know, like, you're yeah. just being someone well, I that guess, people kind of want to be around. I guess it know? was just kind of that was like – I wasn't the the coolest dude necessarily, but I was just I just always tried to be thankful and be grateful and yeah. be a good hang and yeah. not be a pain in somebody's ass, yeah. you know. And I don't know. I think uh, that shit adds up. And it yeah, count, I think it I think for, it definitely counts. And yeah, for more than people think it does. Yeah, and even if it's just like a good vibe, just a good juju thing. Like I think if you keep putting the good out, like it will find you eventually. Like, oh, I completely agree. And it it took a long time of like thinking do I need to be good? Do I need to be hard like these people to like get them to be nice to me? Or yeah. it took a lot of that shit to realize like just being a, yourself, a, being yourself, yeah. yeah. whether it's like how you talk to somebody or how you sing, how you write, whatever. But that's just, what's always going to win. That's, it's the only thing I can maintain. Yeah. Like I remember times in my life where maybe I was interviewing and I, and I talked like this really clear and really up here. Yeah. And then I talked to my homies real lazy and real country. And yeah, I like, and I talked to my mom in one way and I'm like, I'm trying to be more consistent that way. Like if I have all my groups of people around, yeah, yeah, this is who I am. That's red. Yeah. He just talks like that. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's not putting on no more. He ain't doing nothing funny. That's just, yeah, it's just who he is. And then people can kind of take it or leave it. And yeah, it's not so much of a, a show all the time it's just like yeah it just is what it is you know yeah yeah when you were around the uh the florida georgia line guys and you got that experience like what was it like to see because that's about as behind the scenes as it gets in the country music oh world. for sure 
and they were kind of on top at the time too i mean they were mm. they were kicking ass um it i think that was probably one of the best things for me like work wise was seeing how they do it like it's not just a big party yeah they would show up we would get up in the morning and work out we would write songs at 11 every day like like if we were in that town were regimented yeah and then like they go do their radio stuff and all their press stuff and they do the show and then we're all working on the songs on the bus and then they get off the show they get off the stage and we listen to the songs we wrote and then we drive in the next city and we wake up and work out and we write so like i was seeing this and you know you think it's just a party yeah and then like backstage at their show it's all like old men crew workers it's not a you know we're having fun but like they were there to do a job because the mm. people there spending their money that's their like that's their disney mm. a lot of those people do one thing a year and it's that concert mm. so they're not trying to be drunk and carried on and like ruining your show that you spent a thousand dollars to come see so that was something cool for me to just be like treat it treat it with respect and really make sure that you nurture these people that come to take care come to buy your tickets and listen to your songs because it's not just a party yeah 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 it is a job and it is like there's a bigger purpose behind it than just songs and yeah yeah and a good time and i think that's where moto comes into play in a way you know because it's like mm-hmm. you've learned a work ethic and it's like the same thing the supercross ain't the lights and the the monster girls and the opening ceremonies it's mm-hmm. the sunday f- long haul flight to get back home it's the recovery cycle it's the massages it's the weights it's the train like it is that grind so it's like 100%. you've been you know your previous life to doing what you've done now like you've kind of got this work ethic that is built in you know hundred percent i think the work ethic's a huge thing just because it never ends you know riding it mm. never ends yeah and as soon as you hold a trophy up and as soon as you put it down it's, it's over, over. Yeah. it's a clean slate the next week yeah and i don't know man it's, well, it's, uh, it's kind of like you're only as good as your last race you're only as good as your last song you know there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of parallels ton man and it's ah shit what's the what was it like to um to see those guys breaking up like because it's you're just doing your own thing and then you're so like you don't have to worry about that but to kind of see that whole situation play out i mean kind of like being a kid in a divorce really (laughs) if i could be totally honest with you i ain't never really talked about it too much because they were always going through it but it's far enough out now yeah yeah it was kind of like I don't know. You don't got to pick sides, but if mom and dad don't live together no more, yeah, you got to go to one of them. Yeah. And I couldn't really pick because both their names was on my check every week. And mm. both of them loved me and both of them believed in me. So like, it just got, it just got a little like muddy sometimes, like, you know, trying to love on both of them and write for both of them and hang with both of them. And it's like, you're caught in this thing that you don't really know what it is. No, they don't, they don't even know what it is. You know, we, it was it was kind of sad yeah because it was that was my family yeah that was the first people in nashville that gave me a chance yeah and that was my boys that i hung out with and yeah then it was just kind of like they broke up and then like all our homies that wrote together kind of quit writing together and everybody kind of just you know we all just had to do our own things it was innocent it was no like malice or no bad intent but 
like I've been telling you, I'm so loyal that yeah. I thought that shit was going to be forever. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I was, I'm just to ride it out till the wheels fall off. So for the wheels to fall off, even though it wasn't like our doings or whatever, you know what I mean? It was just kind of sad to see everybody. It, it was a lot more than just two guys like quitting yeah. singing together. It was all them crew guys I'm telling you about and all the band and all that family and all that like Dude. that badass structure that was so inspiring. Yeah. Just kind of like vanished and now they're doing it on their own you know and we're all still doing our thing but it's just it's a lot different yeah yeah dude i mean from the the band that i was um going on tour and stuff with they uh they had two brothers in the band and then one of the boys left the band because he um he's like a really good producer Hell yeah. and um and he was like really kind of coming into his own on his producer shit and then the one of the singers left and then the tour manager left and it was like mm-hmm. we were kind of watching just being like damn this fucking this sucks like this is a family like these guys for five years have just been living mm-hmm. in these buses together and they've spent more time with each other than their family and you know when that shit goes south it's just it's a heavy deal there's a lot more at stake than yeah just two dudes writing songs yeah to me it was like I don't know. That's my people I work out with. That's my people I have real talk with. Like, that's who I go to when I'm having problems with my girl or my dad or whoever. Like, that's that was my, like, everything, folks. So to not have that or just not have it as, like, readily available and not have everybody there doing it together was just, like, that was the biggest dent. We can all keep making music with whoever the hell we want. Like, we're all good writers and can do that shit on our own. But just to see that, like, core like family thing just kind of dissolve was that was hard because i like i said i i don't have a lot of folks really my family's all kind of passed on most of them so that was my boys that was my family Mm -hmm. so it was i lost a lot more than just like co-writers and yeah and work and stuff i mean yeah what lessons did you learn from it though like seeing it all go down did it teach you anything about (sighs) what you don't want to have happen in your career Man, I'm bad about, uh, well, I'll say sometimes I overthink. Sometimes I think about it 10 times, and sometimes I won't think twice. <laughs> and it's usually the one I think about 10 times didn't deserve a second thought, and the thing that I didn't mm. think about twice, I should have fucking sat on. Mm. And I think just, uh, I don't know. I'm sure everybody's happy with the decisions that they made, but I think it just taught me to like make sure – that you want to do what you do because if you push that person or you break that thing or whatever you might not be able to get it back mm. or or you might but it might be different mm. it might be good different might be bad different mm. but it just it just taught me to make sure you like really think about what you're doing before you do it because once it's done it's done mm. so you just got to make sure i mean i think that it kind of made me take that into my song selection process like once you put it out it's out forever Mm. if it blows up cool if it don't whatever but once it's out there it's out there so like don't just do what you think is going to be viral or cool or whatever like really sit on that shit and take some time and don't just rush it out because you need another single in two Mm. weeks yeah 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 just i think it just taught me to really make my decisions count because you don't you don't know I don't know, man. Yeah. You don't you don't know what that's going to do. Yeah. Especially if you're hot-headed or something or if you like make a decision out of a 
Yeah, emotion. Uh, or, uh, yeah, emotion. Yeah. And I'm bad about that. I'm I wear my feelings on my sleeve. I think that's why I'm why I'm the writer I am. Yeah. It's because I do feel so much. Yeah. But it's kind of a catch twenty two. For sure. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it gets you into trouble. Yeah. Was it it would have been cool though to be around that kind of structure and routine and mm-hmm. like even just to the working out every day. Like they're all things that it would have been really cool for you to see people at the top of the top that lived like that, that had that level of discipline. Cause I didn't, I never would have expected it to be that, especially from the movies you see and the stories you hear and stuff. It seems like this big grand party and they're really like busting ass to make sure they don't lose it. And it's kind of that thing we've talked about all day is like, you know, they came from, they came from having to be pretty scrappy too. So it's that like, mm. they ain't taking this shit from me. Yeah. I'm going to outwork all y'all. Yeah. And I, I, I don't care. I, I will try to outwork you. I just need to know what to do. Yeah. So when I, when I got to see what the best of the best was doing, they were writing five days a week and they were X, Y, Z. I was like, well, I'm going to write six days a week yeah. and I'm going to whatever so that I can try to be as good as them. Yeah. It, it definitely raised my bar way up. Yeah, yeah. So what's a week in your life look like? Recently, From- it's been kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, traditionally, man, I, I like to try to write songs every day. Yeah. At least Monday through Friday, you know, I try to write as much as I can. And um, so what's your process when it comes to that? Man, it's a little different every time. Sometimes you start with a title. Sometimes you start with a melody. Mm. Sometimes you just got a cool little guitar lick, but... That's that's what's fun for me is it's it's really different every time. And I write so many different kind of genres that if I'm getting bored of one or if I'm starting to be repetitive or whatever, then I'll just like mm. start leaning into another sound for a little bit. Yeah. So you're writing like country, like raps, like you're kind of writing just every, you're just writing just to write. Like you're not yeah, necessarily sure. writing with the intention to like make songs at this point essentially. Well, recently it's kind of changed because once Jack and Diet Coke started doing good, they wanted to do a project. Mm. So, so you'll have an album that you'll be working on. Yeah, for sure. Sick. And I've got it. I've got it pretty much done right now. Just got to get the production all, all finished up. But, um, man, shit. I would apologize, bro. I'm, no, no, no. It's <laughs> weird. no. <laughs> We've been going deep. <laughs> yeah, where were we, man? So um, I'm always on a good one, and then I lose it. Yeah, um, <laughs> the KK wearing off. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> but so, what are you like? Are you writing like a full song every that's day, right. or like what? How's it? Because that shit's pretty intriguing to me. Like you just well, how it actually happens. Used to I hammered them out. It was like I'm not leaving this room until the song's done. Mm, like and, a whole song. Yeah, and they would be like 98s. Yeah. They would never be a hundred because yeah. they got rushed or like we didn't think about something long enough. I think Jack and Diet Coke is the first song in a really long time that I didn't finish in a sitting. Hmm. We we had already had a really long day. We all had a right before our afternoon right. And so we were wore out. We didn't have time or brain to write a whole song. So we just wrote a real quick verse chorus and I went home. Hmm. And then... uh I got to really sit with it and think about what the second verse wanted to be. And, you know, I sang it a hundred times. My girl wasn't reacting. I'm like, why do you not like this shit? It made me like really dig with my pen. You know, I spent a couple of weeks on it probably overall, just no shit. figuring out the chords and changing the tune up a little bit. And so that kind of made me be like, 
maybe you don't always need to yeah. finish it in a sitting. Because yeah. sometimes I'm scared if I don't capture the whole idea, it's gonna mm. it's gonna peter off and yeah. I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. But usually it doesn't happen like that. So I'd say since March or April, I've just been trying to like take one as far as I can, and then when I start getting tired of it, just chill. Mm. So then you don't get angsty, then you don't get and you're not rushing it. Yeah, and they, it just seems like the songs have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, but there's like a certain... I imagine there's just like reps, you know? Like you just do reps mm. of making... Like because there's song structures, there's like different types of rhyming words. There's, you know, like I'm sure that... So much there's a lot stuff. of Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of value in just like reps, 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 reps. And especially like when you're being mm. paid to be a writer, like I'm sure when you get at a table with like the fgl boys it's just like the there's pressure's on like we're we're writing right now like you gotta have something to say for sure especially with artists like them that write a lot of stuff or or people that really know what they want to say some artists don't even really write but they know what they want to say or sing Mm. so it's like it's tricky sometimes to pick between like are we writing for you are we writing for me are we writing to pitch it are we just writing to have fun and hope it's good yeah navigating around that is tricky sometimes yeah is it what's been like surprising since you kind of got a bit more on the inside in the industry that you didn't expect hmm that's a good one because i'm sure there's something man i think honestly the biggest thing for me was learning about songwriting yeah because coming up kind of in the hip-hop world i thought you were either an artist or a ghostwriter Mm. and you just sold your song and you didn't get credits yeah so then when i learned there's this whole world of like you know regular ass dudes that just drive into town and write a song and go back home and work on their farm or whatever like there's really just normal people writing songs you don't have to be a ghostwriter and be hidden or whatever like most, the town runs on songwriters that's crazy so eh? it's crazy i mean like well i think warner has like 200 sign writers sony has a couple hundred sign writers like there's a lot of people in nashville that's really good that are writing top quality songs all the time that you're having to try to compete with mm. and it's a it's a weird world yeah yeah but i'm sure that's like a good way to make a living like because you've got to have like you're lucky to be like you've got a cool look you've got your own vibe. like you could <laughs> Shit, be an you. artist you know but there's probably some dude that's amazing at writing songs where it's just like he's just not that cool not <laughs> mm. not personable doesn't want to perform gets real nervous on stage yeah, has facts. a terrible singing voice <laughs> so it's just like but the dude could probably write the craziest shit Hundred percent. It's cool that there's a lane for that guy. Yeah, and there's some people too who like they could have been the most badass artist ever. They got the look, they got the voice, mm. but they want to have a family. So instead, they just write a really good song and sing the shit out of it, and then anybody that hears it wants to grab it. Mm. So there's some guys on the other side of the coin too that like maybe you thought, uh, well, looks like it didn't work out for him, and like they chose that path. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they wanted to have they wanted to have her cake and eat it too so yeah the songwriting game is pretty cool because i don't know when you're old and you ain't that pretty no more you can still write songs yeah and yeah like a couple of falls ago i broke my arm and my shoulder riding i started racing again and uh i could still sit there and type songs though you know what i mean like so my songwriting's kind of my thing nobody could ever take from me yeah, yeah. so once i got like put onto that 
it, that changed my life i think yeah fuck that's cool dude yeah. uh th- speaking of songwriting what there was a tyler the creator wrote a song for a chick do you know what i'm talking about i'd have to think man it was he the, writes for a bunch of people it was key. yeah when i heard that he wrote it was like fuck my pussy like just all <laughs> it was just like some straight bad bitch shit and he fucking wrote it and i that's was funny. like that that's a cool example of like what songwriting is you know like you, yeah, you can just be that's so fun to me too yeah like, you can be a character and like you could it's almost it's mm, fiction in a sense you know yeah like i like writing for myself and just telling my stories but when it's like let's write the best aldine song we can today or like let's write a song for meg the stallion today yeah yeah, and yeah. You're like i can just be crazy a whole another person yeah, and just yeah. say melodies i could never sing and say words i would never say because somebody will yeah yeah <laughs> and that's that's freeing because to only write that one little structured song all the time would be so boring yeah and i i love that shit dude that's that's kind of how i got started was like back in the day i would try to sing just like ozzy or i would try to sing just like aldine so like when i get to go in and put somebody else's hat on i don't have any ego yeah. i'm just trying to make them as cool as i can make them yeah i'm trying to bring out the best i can in them so that's so fucking fun to me that is cool. i don't get to do it enough and i was kind of doing it too much yeah to where i was i felt like i kind of influenced some people's sound and then they ended up sounding a lot like me and then they kind of <laughs> got popular for it and then everybody thought i was copying uh, even though i'm like i'm not responsible solely for the sauce but i'm a yeah, I'm yeah, definitely yeah. a contributor. That was a I bit, definitely got that, that little. Yeah, that I got a, that salt bay. It's coming off every now and then. So, yeah. oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, at least hey, at least you know your shit pops off. Yeah, I know, man. But then, then I'll try to do one like that. Yeah, <laughs> and and like, right, it already happened. Yeah, 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 I'm like we're reading the fine print before <laughs> you before you write me off totally. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So when you released jack and diet coke mm-hmm. did it first like where was the first port of call for traction on that song so full transparency what happened with that is the label was like we're kind of in a lull right now you may need you to do something start teasing get on socials and we don't know but you need to start a fire yeah so i teased a couple songs and nothing was going and then i posted jack and diet coke and i woke up and it had took off overnight so we just kept teasing it and i literally wrote it like a couple days before i teased it no shit so i had no intentions of putting it out i mean i i wanted to but i I kind of felt like i was my hands were tied until something went viral yeah right thankfully it started performing good on socials and then i had to rush and like get it produced and get it mixed and get it mastered and that took me about eight weeks because like Luke Bryan was cutting an album so my mixer was busy mixing all his music and I'm just in the queue you know so I had to keep teasing it and teasing it and so scared that the fire was going to go away before it came out so I just kept dropping videos 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 and then when it came out it just had like it had more streams than I've ever had in in a day dude that must have been a cool feeling it was sick bro it was so validating yeah. because you work so hard on these releases and then sometimes they kind of fall flat because the the algorithm don't get a hold of it or whatever you know so it was just nice to finally like because i pay for my own videos i like i really go all out to make sure like yeah if i can't do what i what i want to with the art that i find a way i can yeah and that was just 
that's the first one that finally paid off. Yeah. Because I, I put so much into this stuff that nobody will ever see. Just like begging people to let me come shoot a video scene somewhere because you know because we don't want to pay for it or whatever the label didn't want to ask or something. Yeah. So like I just it was so sweet to see something finally pay off. Yeah. And then okay. to see everybody get excited about it internally and like you know see my team start going from 10 people to 20 people to 35 people in a meeting yeah you're like this is cool this is really badass to see it like actually growing not just talking about it it's actually growing yeah and how big of a part does social media play these days in in music with labels and stuff like is that quite a bit yeah it seems like like they want a reaction out of people before they drop it Mm. which i mean labels are really good at taking a fire and making it a bigger fire yeah so if you can catch some if you can catch something like that for them to work with they can make it way bigger than if they just had to you know do their own marketing spend on it and mm. and do it a non-organic way yeah yeah so it's, it's kind of yeah yeah because like dude i think you know doja cat like she probably does the socials fuck better than anyone like i feel she, like she's herself <laughs> yeah she's, she's like to herself she's I need to take a page out of her book. Man, she's fucking crazy. Well, you just, you never know though. Like, is it she's being herself or she's like trying? Or, or is that is that her yeah. act and maybe she's really laid back? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like her... Dude, it's just... It's crazy how things like TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. reels can almost like change the music industry. It's like oh, for sure. reels become this massive thing and TikTok and it's all about sounds and mu- and then it's like this 15 second, like you just need a loop. You know, yep. there's been so much crazy shit just blow up mm-hmm. on a, like a TikTok sound or an Instagram sound. It's pretty cool. It is cool, eh? There, there's a flip side of it too, though. Where like, the labels you know, only want that. I hate to that. be the, you know, yeah. I'm trying to be less negative these days, but there's also sometimes where it's a really badass song but your video sucked or you didn't put the lyrics on there with the text. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, that song's not tracking with people. And you're like, it's the best song I got. Yeah. It just is not in the algorithm. Yeah. I have 100,000 followers. Why did 200 people see it? I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. But I don't think it's because they didn't like it. Yeah. So there's a there's a little bit of that that you got to fight with. Yeah. That's kind of difficult. And sometimes like other artists won't want to sing a song if – if you teased it and it didn't perform good Mm. even if it's a hit yeah and it's just like yeah when do we start letting not even people not even physical people but like we're just letting numbers we're just letting numbers on here like you don't see all the people watching or not we're letting numbers pick yeah Not, not people at shows not people commenting we're just like looking at numbers and i get it's a business but I don't know that the numbers are always super mm. accurate on what is necessarily the best or what's really tracking the most with humans. You know, yeah, what I mean? it's hard like, to qualify like the feeling and emotion yeah, it's by tough. just the numbers. Yeah, no, I and get some it. social media stuff you're making a bunch of money off of, and some you don't make a dime off of. Mm. So it's such a like, do you, is there such any a fake world? You know what I mean? Like, do you get when those songs like on an Instagram reel or a TikTok and they get used? Do you, does the artist get any royalty from that? Not too much, man. Unfortunately, I think they're trying to work on it. But mm. right now, it seems like... Uh, it's a fucking Wild West day with that shit. Yeah, that's where like you might can be an influencer now or... Mm. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. 
yeah it's, it's changed a lot compared to i guess like the early you know you think of like superstar artists i mean mm-hmm. i was in i was in london in july and um at the um the picture like the uh, art gallery or whatever mm-hmm. they had uh, a beatles exhibit and it Shit. was like the they it was their photos that they took like through their whole come mm-hmm. up and it was like the first time people had ever really been like that famous they were the first big international yeah, art wild, act that came across and you know you just see they're in these hotels and they're shooting on film photography and everyone in the photos has notepads like there's not a phone there's not a yeah you i know, love that just a cr- that's a crazy different way to get famous than mm-hmm. 2023 it shit blows up on social media yeah and I, which it's good and bad like it said. is good and bad and like for me i'm not the social guy so like mm. i'm really good at doing those little performance videos all day but like getting on there and doing the rest of it yeah that's where i struggle yeah and that's that's where i'm just hoping the music the music will carry me because i want to let you in my life but sometimes my life ain't that exciting because i really do just write songs every day and sometimes i write them at home three days in a row and like people maybe they want to see that but i don't think they want to see that you yeah know? so it's yeah. like and again that's me being in my own way but yeah it's tough to be the influencer guy and the songwriter guy and the artist guy and all this stuff at one time like because they all take so much attention to be good at it yeah that's also quite true well i think and that's that's when you just start building a team you know like you just put those pieces mm -hmm. people into place to play their role and as long as you've kind of got an idea of where you want to go and who you are then you know you can kind of like let those people for sure you know work work for you in that sense you know definitely and i i've been managing it myself for like a year year and a half now yeah because when when fgl broke up man just like everything else my management was a friend of theirs and it's like well this ain't here no more so i don't know what we're gonna do i believe in you but you got a long road Mm. so then it was just like starting over again and to now finally have people helping me with that stuff like a record label is essentially a bunch of levers and pulleys and you just need somebody that can hit them triggers yeah so now that i have somebody to help me do that it's it's been you know, I had the label there the whole time. They were willing to do the stuff the whole time. They just needed somebody to to prompt it or to want to do it yeah. or to know to do it, whatever it is. Yeah. So now that I have these pieces falling together, it's really made it. I don't know. I'm really hoping that since there is a fire, yeah, that all these people can help me like really put it together right and build it right. And yeah, you know, we're we have people asking me to do shows right now, hmm. but we just don't want to rush out and because i've waited two or three years to like really yeah you're itching so it's like why not just make it fucking really dope when we do it the first time instead of just like oh we got a buzz let's go get that cash like yeah yeah i want to be out here feeling people and interacting with them but at the same time i want you to like see an unforgettable show the first time you see one that way you keep coming back for years and you tell your friends to come and like you actually want to spend your vacation with me yeah in the summer or whatever you know yeah you don't want them just singing back one song no man i want them to feel it all yeah, and i, every I want them to feel the lifestyle i want them to know i'm a real dude just like like i'm trying to sell this like not just songs yeah yeah like, this is me like yeah. this is who i am yeah you could do this shit too if you like take your time with it like that kind of vibe just like we're all just do we all put our bridges on the same way like yeah. you know what i mean there's not 
if I can do it from where I'm from, bro, pretty much anybody can, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. Hell yeah. So, Soupy this weekend. Supercross this weekend. Can't wait. You're a, you're a big Soupy guy. What have you thought of the whole playoff situation <sighs> and the, the season thus far? Man, honestly, I think the Super Motocross thing turned out way better than anybody thought it would. Well, it turned out better than I thought it would. I'm going to be totally honest. I didn't know how they were going to make it, like, really feel like moto too or like how they were going to blend it especially the venues and stuff it was just so interesting i was and the racing has been tight it's been a little mixed up i mean they're going into the final winner take all both classes both classes that shit don't happen anymore you seen how the outdoors was i'm so surprised it's almost like give us a whole season of that shit or something i don't know dude give us more of it because it's really seemed like it even the playing field. Mm. I don't know how all the riders feel because I know they're getting pretty banged up and like set up is crazy to try to get it dialed for that. But it's it's racing again a little bit more than it was. So no, I we've been excited to see it. I completely agree, man. It's been cool. Like every weekend, I've been interested and I've been excited. And mm-hmm. Chicago was great. Charlotte was great. Did you go to either of them? I was gonna go to um I was gonna go to Charlotte and stay so I was gonna go the weekend and then I was gonna stay like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. and then I had the verb thing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. But I just pussed out. I just, just couldn't be fucked to be honest. No, I've just been traveling so much. I feel you. Same and then here. I was like, man, I just don't I don't wanna be away a whole week. Like mm-hmm. I, and then that, you just gotta figure all the shit out that you gotta figure out. So no, I stayed, yeah. I watched it on T V, I rode I mean, I, the TV I, coverage is good right now. TV I was coverage. talking with Davey Millsaps. He was like, man, I want to go to the race, but the coverage is really good on my couch. I'm it, like, it is good. I never miss a thing at home. Yeah. I go to the race, and I'm like, blinking, it's over. Well, I'm pumped to go to a race. Like, I haven't been to a Supercross race in five years. Really? Nah. Shit, that's cool. Yeah, so I'll be... I can't wait. We're going to have fun. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and I, Yeah, it's going to be just cool to... I guess, like you do live shows and like mm-hmm. that's my event where like all my people are you know yeah so totally like i go there like i'll get to see all my people so yeah i'm definitely excited to like see see my people as well as as well as the racing but yeah, yeah it's like, gonna be sick it's been fucking crazy to watch the like last weekend's track was so gnarly dude it's pretty crazy i don't i'd be curious to hear i mean i ain't really heard the writers say much input on like tracks I yeah i ain't really watched much of the interviews or nothing either but i wonder what the overall consensus is what I do you think they what think do you think seem it's to gnarly hear? it seems to be pretty brutal yeah yeah like last weekend's track when i i text ben townley because his kid was racing in like the the yep. mini bike one and i was like how's the track and he goes bro it is fucking fast and when he says that yeah that's I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, it must be quick. Like they are moving then. They mm-hmm. they had to put that wall jump. That wall jump wasn't there at the start. Yeah, I know. I seen some Imagine of the pictures that. of people where they were like just speed tucking, leaned over, bro. just tucked. I'm like, fuck all that. Yeah, slow them down a tad. You can have that. That's so, why I like to rein across and shit. Just a tad slower. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Who who do you think's gonna win these classes? Man, if you're you a betting man, if I was a betting man. I think Danger Boy wants to win bad. I think he wants to ghost ride that son of a bitch. He wants to have that picture just like Pops, and I don't blame him. I want to see him get that 
half a milli and buy as many Nikes as he can get. I'm about to talk to that boy about <laughs> yeah. watches. He needs to stop buying fucking dunks and he needs to start some, buying some fucking that, watches. Something that yeah. goes up with yeah, the years instead of down as soon as you put them on. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> yeah. fuck it. If you want to run some cool shit, mm-hmm. buy a fucking dope watch. Are you into watches? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Good to know. Yeah, th- this one, this is, uh, this is a bit fucked up, but this isn't. I like mine. That's the only one I got right now. What is that? It's a Shinola. Yeah, right. They're made in Detroit. They're oh, American made. No shit. Yeah, they're pretty cool. That is cool. And it's kind of my staple thing now, so I need to get me some more colors of them because I'll just rock this one pretty heavy. Yeah. Do you know those guys? Not really. I posted a bunch of stuff. Like I always tag everybody on socials just in case they see it. Look at that. <laughs> as, we're, <laughs> as we were yeah. talking. Tell him I will. I'm going to be with Red. That's so sick. <laughs> um, dude, yeah. I th- you, should, you should get that shit hook, hooked up. Yeah, you know, trying you, to. You like, so you're a watch guy though before? Well, I really wasn't. Like I was a jewelry guy. Okay. So I, re- and I guess that's the rapper in me or whatever, but I love some jewelry. Yeah. Um, It kind of, it started hurting my neck though. <laughs> I ain't even gonna play. <laughs> I just, real. I just wore too many, man. I was just dumb. And I'm always leaned over like writing in, in my phone. I have bad posture. And then you add like, you add a couple pounds of necklaces and then it's just dumb. Dude, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> so I, that was my thing always is I just like gold chains, but. Yeah. No, nah, I'm a big watch guy. I fucking love a dope watch. Yeah, I'm starting to get into them more. You can yeah. see, I just, I keep one on, but I don't really wear my chains too much anymore. You need to go and put your name down for a Rolex. Go to a fucking, <sighs> go to an authorized dealer. It'll probably take like a year. <laughs> yeah, by the time you year call, the, they call your name, yeah. you might can afford one. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I did, dude. I was Hell just like, yeah. I'm like, I can't afford this shit right now, but fuck it if I ain't ordering one. And I'm like, the day yeah. that motherfucker rings me, I'll be ready. That's how I feel about that Stark. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford one, but I want one. Yeah, just put your name down. By the time it comes, I should be ready. Mm-hmm. Nah, that, that, that's what I, I want to tell Danger Boy. Be like, bro, fuck yeah. these dunks. Yeah. You got enough. Rip it. Let's but get some fucking watches going. I think he could get that shit. I don't. What's he, the million, the half million? He ain't got the red plate. When he don't have the red plate, he rips ass. Yeah, yeah. He, he's gonna fuck him up this weekend, bro. That's literally that's, that's my two cents. That's what I put on my story today, right before you got here. Because really? Brian shared like the video of him, like ditching the bike, ghost ride the whip, yeah. and I just I reshared the story and I just said, just imagine. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? You can afford the fine if you make a half a million. Send that thing into the stands. Fuck yes, bro. That, <laughs> Let that thing rip, bro. This is a thing, bro. You're fucking Hayden Deegan. I'm very sorry, but people ain't telling you what to do. Like, no, nah, bro. That, you ghost ride that motherfucker. You got to send it. And that I will be does, in man. every fucking pro. That's like Khabib hitting the, uh, Connor throwing the the dolly yeah. at Khabib, you know? Like that yeah, shit. Every uh, Renthal, whatever they run on Star, bro, everybody be running that ass. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm that. The place. Yeah. Could you imagine the sound that the stadium I hope I'm there, make? bro. I'm never at like a history making one. Dude. I'm always just at the regular ass races. So I hope somebody does something crazy. Yeah, I'd love to see him do it. And imagine it even, oh, dude, imagine if Hunter does it and just takes the win and then takes the moment. Oh, oh dude. See, it's going to hurt. There's going to be some feelings this weekend, man. Someone's getting their feelings hurt. Yes. Even, and they're still going to make a bag for second or third, but they're going home. Yeah. Feeling it. Dude, even Shimoda, you're a Cowie boy. You're a Cowie I team, know, man. bro. Team Green. Yeah, that's my wife's favorite rider. 
I've been fucking with the Joe show lately. Oh, dude, he rips so hard. Yeah. I remember when he first came to America. I think it was Mesquite or something in Nevada. Yeah, yeah. And he still didn't know English. So I did his interview in his language. Uh, he had a translator, and I, it was the first time I ever interviewed somebody from another country. And I was like, well, can you tell him what I said? And he just said it in his language. And they're yeah. like, hell yeah. Dude, that's so sick. I might have had the first Joe Shimoda interview wow. ever. Who were you working for then? Moto Playground. Okay, I was going to say it was a playground. Yeah. Yep. Just running running around, man. Dude, I fucking love that. The everyone show, we called it. Yeah. Interview every winner. <laughs> that's so good. Had to get the finish line shot. You want to talk about a tired motherfucker at the end of the week. Hell yeah! Had to get the whole moto, and you better get the finish too. <laughs> did you Did you ever work yeah. at Loretta's photo wise? Oh yeah, Fuck. miserable, bro. You've done it, eh? I I got to see some shit, man. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been around. I got to see every side of it. Yeah, a little bit at least, enough to like. Yeah, see the whole picture and what all really goes on. Yeah, definitely. And you can take that everywhere, you know. Like it's a it's a lot oh, of experience. Yeah. It's kind of a template, man. It feels like it's yeah. really similar to music. Like yeah. there's only one guy that's number one every week. Yeah. Everybody else don't matter until next week. Like yeah. Yeah. it's pretty you getting your feelings hurt a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of no's. But yeah. when you get a yeah it feels damn good. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and you can you can apply so many lessons and I think one of the things that I learned pretty early is that like it's all just an industry mm. and the industry is just made up of people and there's there's less people in the industry that consume what the industry makes you know so yeah. it's like you're on the outside at the start but it's like there's a small group of people and we might be talking 5,000 you know mm-hmm. like there might be 5,000 people in the country music industry or the you know the Nashville mm-hmm. industry or whatever that sit at those desks it's like they're just people and it's the same with motocross like 100% we're in Southern California right now there's probably 5,000 dudes that have jobs right now in the industry and mm-hmm. it's like you can bust into the industry yes. it, it always looked like such a big thing from the outside that you would have found out you know like once you start taking photos you meet this person then bang you can call Davy Coombs or you you only ever yeah, like a phone call away. don't really take that long to no, bust it no, open man no. you just have to like like we've said the whole time you just got to try yeah you just give it a shot and then you end up being where you're supposed to yeah you figure it out you yeah. know yeah yeah so 450 class who you got man that's tough who you got yeah, let me think for a second. That's a good one. I'm Australian. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Hunter and Jet. <laughs> Bet. I want to see Jet win it. Yeah? I like to see him cap off a good year. Crazy. I don't. Year, he's one of the few dudes I never really got to interact with. Yeah. Because I was out of the media shit when he came, started coming around. But So, you just got to be a fan the whole so time. So, I'm just strictly a fan. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's crazy to see somebody that young and that talented doing what he's doing and keeping it together. <laughs> And I don't know, man. I I root for people like that. Yeah. Even though he's not the underdog anymore, they were very much the underdogs. Huge. And when I hear their stories, like it makes my hair stand up just because I feel it. Yeah. It reminds me of myself. Yeah. My parents, man, they stayed broke. There was times where we had to boil hot water. Like we we didn't have gas for hot water, so we we would boil it. Yeah, like making fires. So that we had another $100 to try to fucking go to the races. Like, So when I hear their stories about going across the whole world just to let them boys try to live their dream, I'm like, they got to win. Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's hard to root for anybody else because I have that like – Yeah, you can relate. 
Yeah, I mean, it's no shame to the folks that didn't have to come from nothing. Yeah. That that had a little money and a little help, but, but like, it just ain't relatable for you. Yeah, I just can't relate to it. Yeah. That don't mean they didn't work just as hard because their granddaddy or somebody had to bust ass to do that. Like, yeah, somebody worked hard for it. That's such a good perspective, you know. Yeah, somebody did work hard for it. Yeah. So it's you can't shit on it. Yeah. But I just can't always relate. Yeah. Because. I didn't get it that way. Yeah. I still ain't got it. Yeah. So I, I really hope Jet takes that. Yeah, fuck, crazy year, dude. What a crazy to go 22-0 and 0 in your first ever 450 season. Yeah, and, like, the fact that he didn't ride the whole season and he's still, like... In the SMX deal. He's still in the deal. Like, I don't know, man. Hard to... Hard, hard, to, hard, hard to, to bet against that, dude. Hard to put your nose up at that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, man, it's uh, I'm, I'm mm. excited. I just can't wait to feel that energy from the stadium again. You know, like it's been. So, and I'm mm. taking my wife. She's never been to a Supercross race. Like, I can't wait to meet her. That'll be sick. Yeah, I'm pumped to just like sit in and feel it. I feel like I've spent so long talking about races without actually being able to mm. go to one of these things. Like, it's gonna be sick to actually sit. I've in the always wanted again. to do like U.S. Open or something like you know always watching those big races or monster cup i got to go to once and take yeah. photos at so yeah. that was sick but excuse me you know you just you don't want to miss those big ones like yeah. and i've always had to watch them on tv because we couldn't yeah. afford to travel to vegas or whatever every time so yeah to be here for the one that's going to be sick yeah when you uh you're talking about like your parents and stuff mm-hmm. you, do you have just like those dreams of like paying for all that shit like taking them out man you already know that's my mama she passed away about six years ago but that was the whole reason i did this shit yeah was when i was racing i thought i could get rich and take care of her and then i was like well i don't know if i'll get rich doing this so then the music like i started doing all that right before she passed yeah and she was just so supportive and man i just wanted to give her everything yeah because she didn't want nothing yeah and i just Sometimes it's real bittersweet now because yeah, I she could, never got to see. I could change shit yeah. up for her, yeah, and I never got to, yeah. And that's one of the toughest things. Like sometimes I I don't enjoy it as much as I should because, mm. like, she's gone and you know it's just stuff's a little different now with me and my dad and you know you just you have this dream of like one day fixing everybody up mm. and then you never get to and it's like. Mm. What I'm trying to figure out what I'm working for now, because mm. that was always why I wanted to get like rich and famous was mm. not to be known, was just to like take care of my family. So, you know, I still got family and I still got friends and stuff. But like my mama was like, that was the one. Get her out, get her where she deserves. Mm. So sometimes it's, I don't know, man. It's kind of co- cool to be talking with you about it because I. I don't know. I ain't thought about it like this in a while. Yeah. It's kind of got my wheels spinning, but yeah, I don't, I th- I don't really know what I'm, what am I working for right now? I you think, know. uh, I think kids would probably change that. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, And I, and I want to get a, I want to get a farm. My dog's getting old. Yeah. She's wearing an apartment right now in Nashville. Yeah. So there's little shit like that, you know, yeah. where I know her and my girl would definitely enjoy some land and yeah, I still got stuff, but like, yeah, that was my big one. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, yeah, trying to figure out what's that one that makes me go that hard again. Cause yeah. I went hard when she was here. Yeah. It's cool though, man. Like to mm-hmm. experience that and, you know, to know 
that your mum would have been so proud of you in this like what you've done now too you know like i think i think even just kind of there's probably something cool to take out of just getting to where you got to you know because she did believe that you would do this like she did believe you would be where you are now she did 100 percent. you got there you know when i was rapping over those whiz beats she'd be like baby them songs are good keep doing your thing and then my dad's like don't nobody want to hear you singing rap songs and she's just like somebody does somebody wants to hear you sing whatever you want to sing so just keep doing it and so how did things go pear-shaped with your dad man it was probably three years ago i guess it was like right after my right after my record deal when i first signed it first song came out and he got a fake press pill from somebody and I didn't. We didn't know he'd been doing pills, but he got one with some fentanyl in it and, uh-huh. and overdosed. And it was just that terrible timing. It was right in the middle of like being the highest I could be. Not not that kind of high. Yeah. You know, I'm on top of the world. There's, you know, I'm from White House, Tennessee. It's a town of just thousands of people, and there's a billboard in Nashville with my picture on it, saying "Go listen to my song." And then the same day, like, I'm getting news, you know, or, or whatever, same week I'm getting news like that that just rocks your whole world because that's all I got left. My mom was gone. Yeah. And then he's doing something that might take him from me. So that was really tough for a while. We're back good now, thankfully, but it just took a lot of work and it took a lot of time to get that trust back. Yeah. And it was, like I said, it was, it kind of upset me because I'm like, man, I'm working so hard to take care of y'all yeah and try to get this shit for y'all why are you gonna do this to me yeah you know why are you gonna do this to yourself mainly like yeah and so he just had a bit of a problem with that shit for a bit yeah so he he injured his arm like mm. it was when i was a kid honestly he he broke his arm we were riding one day and he's where he was a painter too he always had problems with that wrist mm. and i guess just after years of it you know it just got to him and I, the way he told it was somebody at work just said take this man you'll be able to get through the day just fine and then he just like he just couldn't shake them yeah and then once that happened he never did them again is the story you know so but it just took a lot of it took a lot of stuff because you know what i mean it's hard to no it's it it's, makes, it's it hard to sense. like do financial shit when you don't know where the money might go or something i mean it's yeah. tough to talk about yeah but i hope somebody out there can hear it and like yeah find some kind of peace and know there's like hope or whatever but yeah it's it's really hard for my mom to be gone not be able to take care of her and then he's here but i can't really take care of him the way i want to either at the time because you don't trust yeah because the trust was the trust was kind of dented and i didn't know Mm. you know what i mean and then that shit put me through it too so i'm trying to take care of myself and yeah keep myself afloat because i have my dreams right in front of me on a platter if i don't fuck it up yeah so it was like i can't have i can't have stuff like this derail it yeah because it does dude it will and it can yeah yeah man it put me in a bad place for a long time yeah just little stuff like maybe i hadn't thought about death in a while yeah and then like having to face it again and like seeing somebody you love almost die you're like it's all you can think about sometimes for a while so there was so many things that that it did that i didn't realize at the time even i'm probably still stuff i'm trying to peel off now yeah do you go to therapy i did for a long time okay i need to get back into it i was gonna say you should just fucking go back yeah (laughs) we joke i I used to say i'm too too messed up for for my therapist yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, because i run him off i guess yeah no that shit's real though you know covid was weird man yeah 
shit like that got in the way because I was really in a good groove. And then when you can't go see somebody or you got to do it through a screen, it yeah. just like it yeah. gets a little flat. And yeah, yeah, but therapy does definitely works for people. Like it's, it's huge. definitely like a big thing, especially like yeah, because you just you get asked questions, you get forced mm-hmm. to talk about things, and yeah, a lot of times like. I mean, I feel like sometimes a podcast is therapy for me in a way, you know, like you just, totally. I'm just mad. I don't know what I'm going to fucking talk about. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to say, but you know, you get in the, the ebb and the flow and you just start mm-hmm. constructing ideas and theories and thoughts like you've never thought about before. And it's just raw form coming out, you know? And yeah, I think I that's kind of what therapy's like, you know, you just get prompted, you get asked something and then you just start going and going then all of a sudden Mm. you start uncovering things like fuck i didn't think i needed to work on that you know sometimes it made me too aware Mm. and then i like bully myself yeah so i'm like you gotta fix this and sometimes it's not an easy fix yeah yeah and i think it is yeah i think the the so i've been trying to like like i said i'm trying to be a little sweeter to myself because i i think i'm a pretty cool dude if i just give myself some credit you know yeah it's hard to do though like it's hard to when you got goals, when you got a vision, when you, you know, like when you, mm-hmm. especially when you come from nothing as well and you, you know, like you want it bad and you'll do what it takes. Like it's hard not to, it's hard not to have these high expectations and for sure and want to just grind it out, you know? Cause I know if I just settle for whatever, I'm not going to beat these boys. Yeah. I'm not going to do what I want to do. If I just take whatever it gives me, like I got to push a little bit. Yeah. Dude, I, a line. I used to, I used to, uh, I said I was some, some I can't remember what it was. I think I sent a picture like I sent a pit one of my friends a picture of my old room in Australia. Mm-hmm. I think I was sending him a photo of like some books or something. And then he's like, "Damn, dude, get a bed frame." Like, like I was sleeping on the floor, I like my you. mattress on the floor, and and I just I wrote him back. It was like one of the coolest fucking texts I ever sent. But I didn't even think about <laughs> it. I just wrote back and I was like, "I ain't where I want to be, man. So why would I get comfortable?" Damn, <laughs> you know, and I it's like, like that. But it's like that's. When I thought, like, once I said it, mm-hmm. I, like, really reflected on, you know, like, you think about maybe, like, the self-sabotage or the... Sometimes, yep. I think I was kind of, like, keeping myself real gritty yeah, because totally. I was, like, I, this isn't... I don't want to be comfortable here. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't the spot where I want to be, so I'm yep. going to make it shitty. I'm going to make it so I still want to leave. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I didn't have a fucking, I didn't have a TV... I didn't have a fucking a bed frame. I had a too similar. De- I had a desk that was like an old door with fucking <laughs> millions of YouTube views yeah, are coming bro. from this fucking desk. I feel you. That's like You've drilled it, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I think that there is some like psychology there, but it's like you kind of need to know when it's like, there's a point of diminishing returns, you know? Like Facts. for me, it's like when my, when my, now wife ended up moving here. I was like, okay, I need to fucking, I need to have a house that's like yeah, totally. livable for another person. But to me, I was like, I liked being in a place without a TV and with no furniture and mm-hmm. I just felt right for where my head was at at the time. Yeah, see, I, I tell her similar stuff. I'm like, we might not like the, this table at our house we buy. We might not like that couch at the house we finally get. So why, why don't we just keep this couch? Yeah, yeah. And like sometimes I'm just like keeping myself from growing. Sometimes I need to go ahead and do the thing. Yeah. But also sometimes like, I don't know, that grit and stuff, like you said, not having every single thing you want right now makes you still want to like yeah. go go get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the more that you get stuff to, you realize that it's not the things that mm. help. It's not the things that 
make you feel good. Yeah, you know, for like, sure. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely some stuff like, or like a watch, like you get one watch and then mm. all of a sudden all these other watches that you thought were real dope, you're like, nah, I don't really need that. Like, I don't know that I would need yeah. those. Whereas like, until you've got the thing, you don't know that that's how it's going to feel. You're going to think you want like a collection mm. and all, but then you get that, you get one and you're like, it doesn't give you everything that, that you thought it would, you mm. know? So sometimes it's good to know that it's like, it's not the things that give you the joy for sure. Cause you know, what really sucks is losing those things. That's true too. Like having a really nice truck and then it gets repoed, repoed <laughs> or losing a house or, lo- you know, shit like that, man. Yeah going through things like that in my life really made me scared to like that's why i still drive a 2003 nissan because i don't want a payment i could probably afford one yeah. but i don't want to ever worry about somebody taking it and if i can't pay for it all up front i don't need it and then you don't have the freedom mm-hmm. you know like to to be nimble and to you get you get asked to go move somewhere for, for some opportunity and bam i'm fucking there you know like yeah. you ain't tied down that's sure. why they say the things you own end up owning you that's that's one of the truest things i've heard today <laughs> yeah i'm i'm kind of i don't know i've been a minimalist not by choice most of my life yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i'm kind of like it yeah i started you know you start piling some shit up and you're like yeah i like it better clean yeah. Yeah. I get better without less things to f- take care of. The one good thing about being broke for so fucking long is you end up knowing that you don't need much to be happy. Mm-hmm. That's facts. <laughs> don't take much. My mom used to say we could live in a refrigerator box. If we got love, we good. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so, and I forget that shit a lot. Yeah. Because I'm not in a refrigerator box and I'm a tyrant some days and I'm trying to get that together. Yeah. Man, that's where it broke. Get a fucking passport honestly yeah i know i need to go man i'm telling you all my friends i used to have some buddies that come up here trying to race amateur stuff uh from australia oh and really? they were they were just always like man you're too uh, superstitious and you too this and you too that like you need to come down here hang out with some bogans for like a month yes and you gonna fucking go home a new guy yeah, yeah. and i just never i never took them up on it man so i need to dude i'd love to i'd love to show you australia one time Shit, be, be you'll, you'll tour there at some point who was that the, the chick that i sent you on instagram the other day uh jesse murph. murph yeah she just she was in my hometown i'm oh, not my hometown <laughs> really the, the town that i last lived in that's sick. um recently so i mean i'm sure you're gonna get there at some point yeah it seems like a lot of people are like anybody going viral seems like they're getting out of the states pretty quick yeah because that stuff's really cool man like i do see a lot of people from australia or new zealand or london saying they're listening to the song it's crazy that stuff can reach yeah that far without you physically going there first yeah yeah no the internet's fucking crazy like yep. that dude man where was we're about to go i was about to say something where we we're at and then i fucking i brought her up and lost my train of thought um I fucking lost Bet. it. I lost it. Um, damn it! You pulling a red? I was just—I was—I don't want to change. Like I got it somewhere else. We can go, but I was trying to—I was trying to stick with where we were at. Yeah, it was something about being from a small town. <laughs> well, man, I—I've uh, enjoyed the heck out of talking to you, bro. And we've—we've we've done our three hours. Hell yeah! Come on. Part one is done. Part one, I like that. I can't wait for part two. A come lot's on, changed brother. in your life in the last. Uh, 
in the last few months and i feel like a lot's going to change over between now and the next time that we do one of these things so and i think so it's crazy i'm here for the ride bro well thank you for real it means a lot because you're kind of on the front edge of the curve i feel like you know what i mean some people still figuring out about it and i think your shit's really dope so for you to have me on here is really it really means a lot to me because like i said i look up to it i like it we watch it we be eating lunch watching that shit every time a new one pops up so to come out here and talk with you it's really cool no no especially early because most people wait till it's like such a thing that then you can't even come yeah because there's just too much shit yeah i hear my friends talk about that all the time it's like people get mad and think they don't want to come but they just Mm. they waited to mess with them till they was too busy yeah and yeah. i'm I'm telling all my folks like get me right now while i can let's lock in early and that way we can do part two three and four because everybody knows that's something i do yeah yeah <laughs> or whatever you know yeah, yeah yeah no i appreciate it, man like uh, as soon as we linked up i thought it'd be cool it's one of the it's one of my goals for the next little bit is to try and i guess bring people into this world that are like they're not that's just races mm. but they got something in bikes they rode as a kid yeah. that, you know i just want to i want to spread the two-wheel love as yeah. far out as i can you know yeah, it was sick because most of the time it is racers or like industry type which i guess i'm kind of industry yeah, but, yeah, no, but you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah yeah it's cool to be a outsider now and still be let in yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah. cool no well, it I means mean, a lot to me no well, I, I would definitely um i'd definitely like to see a lot of people finish this podcast right now if they haven't already head to spotify stream jack and diet coke yeah go rip that thing by your boy put it on a story with some riding fucking show with your boys drinking a drinking a jack and diet coke and uh come on that's what it's about hopefully we can get the gypsy gang behind you and and, gypsy uh, gang hey i met a gypsy (laughs) (laughs) i met a gypsy Uh, get that redneck tag on there one time dude send me the ad lib bro i'll put it hey i'll track you one for this episode let's do it this yeah let's do it what the fuck happened to gypsy dude let's do that for this and then all the intro yeah Yeah, all right that's hilarious all right man well I'll be seeing you tomorrow. I'll be yes, seeing sir. you Saturday. We'll be yeah, watching some Supercross. Wish me luck, bro, that I don't bonsai it tomorrow. I'll be on the track with you, bro. Honestly. I'll be, I'll be there, so. Where I'm at these days, if I can't hit it, I don't. Nah, nah. I can't I can't ring my bell. Too expensive now, bro. I know, bro. Yeah, and yeah. I heal slower. Yeah, yeah. We're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, right. Uh, everybody, that was dope. We appreciate you. Come on. Peace. Let's, let's go. <laughs>